Hey guys, Pat and Reese here from the Shred Shack. Thank you guys for downloading this episode of the podcast. If you like what you hear, be sure to check out the Shred Shack's weekly radio show as well, recorded every Wednesday from the WCWP studios in Brookville, New York. This week, we premiere new music from Oni, Velertok, and Avantasia. Plus, we discuss how we can make video games more metal, which is really that hard to do. Yeah. And we play some live tracks from Devin Townsend and Rammstein. Also, Holly is here. I'm still here. Why am I here? I don't know. And be sure to give us a like at Facebook.com slash The Shred Shack to follow what we're up to. And give this podcast a positive rating so we can keep putting out the best in nerdy heavy metal banter just for you guys. Thanks again, and welcome to The Shred Shack. This is Jake Fimoni. You're listening to The Shred Shack! Greetings, folks. I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. And there is no Pete here. <laughs> that is sad. No Pete. But us, without Pete, are welcoming you to yet another installment of the Shred Shack Podcast, your weekly source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal. I want to point out real quick that this is our 40th episode. So after this point, this podcast will be driving around in the fucking convertible. It'll have a toupee. <laughs> it's going to have a midlife crisis. It's going to get suddenly very much attracted to blondes 20 years younger. <laughs> it's going to be an old man. That's right. And speaking of old things, let's go into some old business. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, is this the right time? No, we're actually going to go into, we're just going to start off right off the bat with everything is not awesome. That's, that's, that's the na- name of the new segment. Yeah. Um, Nick Menza, formerly of uh, Megadeth, passed away Saturday night on May 21st while performing with his band Ohm. At the Baked Potato in Studio City, California. He was 51 years old. Nick collapsed during the third song of Ohm's set. Earliest reports indicate he suffered a massive heart attack and was pronounced dead upon arrival at hospital. No other details have been released at this time. For those of you who do not know, but you should, Menza played drums in Megadeth from 1989 through 1998 and recorded on four albums, Rust in Peace, Countdown to Extinction, Euthanasia, and Cryptic Writings, and was considered by most fans to be a crucial part of the classic and best death lineup, along with Mustaine, Marty Freeman, and Dave Ellison. The son of a jazz drummer, he also played drums on three of Marty Freeman's solo albums, played an orphan, of ha- orphan to Hate from 2006 to 2010, spent time with uh, Delta Knot, Delta Knot? Yeah. and most recently Ohm, along with former Megadeth guitarist Chris Poland, and also for a short time, uh, former Megadeth bassist James Lomenzo. So, thankfully, a, a storied career. And, again, it was one of those things where I woke up today and happened to glance at my phone, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to kind of kill time before we have to give my cat his insulin shot. And that's the top thing I see. I'm like, fuck this, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> Sunday, you suck. <laughs> you can eat it. <laughs> this is supposed to be a Monday type of thing. Seriously. But that's that's uh that kind of kills our whole everything is awesome. Thing. Yeah, it, it was going good. So rest in peace. Uh, unfortunately, this also means that there is no chance for the the rest in peace lineup to fully reunite, which has been in talks for so long. Yep, it came pretty close in the last two years, um, but some sort of agreement couldn't be made. But unfortunately, this brings an end to that possibility. So yeah, and that is some bullshit. Yeah. We, we should name we should name that segment that that is some bullshit. No, I thought we oh we have Guns N' Roses bullshit yeah. and then are you shitting me? Yeah. 
All right, but now now let's time move on to some for, old yes, business. Old business. Old business is old business, and new business is new business. All right, so last week we talked about the Agalog breakup, Agalock breakup. So there's been a couple of developing things here that is starting to get kind of ugly. So the first thing up is on Monday, uh, the founding member issued a following statement via Facebook, quote, after being inundated by a barrage of responses, I feel that I should clarify some things. I take full responsibility for the decision to part ways with the other guys. It was difficult, well thought out, and something that had been culminating over the past uh, couple of years. I simply could not continue any further with the band as it was. I had to make a change as my motivation and inspiration had started to completely deteriorate whether this is a the permanent end of agaloc altogether or a possible fresh start i don't know i probably won't know for a while the band has simply been reduced back to its founding member for the first time in 20 years beyond that the future is unknown then on thursday that post and then the original post from uh, friday was deleted and replaced with one very similar to the original post, but this time it explicitly states that Agaloc, in whatever form, is completely and totally done. There is no more Agaloc in any way, not anymore. I, I can understand why this uh, the second, the, the Redux version had to come out, because the way he worded it in the first one, it sounded like, like it's back to being me. So when I feel like writing something, Agaloc will be back. It's like, no, Agaloc is done. Yeah, period. and then of course, I didn't write all this stuff down, but the one of the members that he parted ways with, I think it was a guitarist wrote on his Facebook page, a lengthy statement about how this was not really an amicable thing. They're like this. He didn't want this at all. So on and so forth. And then apparently someone else from another band chimed in saying that like the dude that disbanded the band is a douchebag pretty much and an egotistical son of a bitch. So it's just seems to be getting kind of ugly. Mm. I would also like to point out that this is the reason why Pete's not here. He's been crying openly since last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, last bit of old news here, and this is just, you know, gossipy shit as far as close to TMZ as we're going to get here. But the Ozzy and Sharon split, according to UK weekly tabloid newspaper, Sunday Express. <laughs> so basically a credible source. Yes, yeah, very credible source. Ozzy has been ordered by Sharon to check into a sex rehab facility previously attended by pro golfer Tiger Woods. <laughs> the Pine Grove facility in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. <laughs> All I'm imagining is like a TV commercial of Ozzy in black and white. Just that, that, you saw the Tiger Woods commercial? Um, no. You know, okay. After all that happened, they filmed a commercial about I think it's 30 to 60 seconds of of him with this pout on his face, <laughs> and it's in black and white. And I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, it's like something. Some the the, the information something being spoken in there is from his father. And it's basically that over this really pouty face of Tiger Woods. Like, he had to keep a straight face for, like, 60 seconds. Like, don't think about all those chicks you banged. Because this is a sad moment. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, they do the same thing for Ozzy. Oh, my God. That, that would just be ridiculous. <laughs> Give That's... the Lance response, what? Huh? <laughs> what are we doing again? What? what? He just fell asleep while it's filming. Um, yeah. But, yeah... I, I read something earlier in the week, probably from the same type of credible news source, that there was more than just the one. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm hearing now too. I'm like, what have we said? Like, you're a, you're a huge name, not even just in heavy metal, but in just general pop culture. Did you really 
think that you could fully get away with this. Yeah, yeah well, we always knew that uh, Ozzy wasn't exactly the sharpest knife for the draw. Just, it's it's silly. But whatever, um, I would like to point out that that is the end of old business. There is nothing Guns N' Roses and ACDC related. Well, Guns N' Roses tour doesn't start until after the ACDC thing. The ACDC thing has been going on without a hitch so yeah, far. The, 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 the latest thing I heard was that Axl Rose's foot is good enough that he's able to stand on the shows now. So Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much it. So hooray. That's that's going well. Yay. Hooray for things going right. For when once. A, like when a plan comes together. Hey, Hannibal. Awesome. Uh, so let's go on to some new business. And this is new business, and we do not discuss new business until... Next quarter. And for new business, we're going to start off, as always, with new releases. Uh, I am going to try to avoid being hit in the face by your dick on this one, because we're well, going to start off with one that you called even before we started the podcast. Yeah, the new Catatonia record. <laughs> I'm not even going to go into too much details about it because it will be my number one for the month. Okay. I mean, that's not even going to be a question. And I think the one thing I can say about it is is that this album or this band is pretty much what goth kids wish they were in the 1990s. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's moody, but it's still accessible and melodic and it's, it's just not nearly as like cringeworthy as some of the stuff that the goth kids listened to back then. I actually thought, I think when I was talking to Pete about it the other day, is that these guys are like the Swedish metal version of The Cure. Mm. And that's why they're awesome. <laughs> um, does Jonas still do some growling vocals? No, not at all. He hasn't done growling vocals. This is a th- I got into them late in their career. Yeah. Uh, I listened to like the last three albums, this one included, and he hasn't growled at all any yeah. of them. I know that leading up to um, his... Um his part in zero one mm-hmm. uh by arion yeah um arian had mentioned in the behind the scenes that like he hasn't growled on an album in like a decade prior to that and he did I, it for that album but, yeah i think i th- i think his um i just love his voice and everything that they do and one thing i mentioned to pete and probably was something i'll mention when i bring it up again is that I like the way their albums start. Their first track doesn't feel like an intro track. It just feels like a continuation of the previous album. Because mm-hmm. um, they don't have like a big, long, drawn-out like instrumental section or like a whole separate like minute-and-a-half track that leads into the first actual musical track like a lot of bands do. These guys just start off right off the bat, first note, and it's always really fucking good. That would be kind of awesome if a band actually recorded something like that. Like the last song on their previous album just cuts off, like, sounds like halfway through the song, and then the next one starts off like, like that. Like, we talked about with Graham Magus last week, that if you played Triumph and Power and Sword songs back-to-back, I mean, they're pretty much the same album that could have been... This is the same... The last three Catatonia records, you could play in a row, and you you wouldn't even know that you changed albums. It's just... Right. They're just very consistent throughout all three records. All right. Um, my main one for the week is the new album from Iron Savior, Titan Crash. Really funny because I just finished doing our top three for March, and I'm, I've made my first mention of Uncle Piet, because he... Uh, 
if, you, if anybody doesn't know, uh, Piet Sielk is the main guy behind um, Iron Savior. He's also a big name in production and engineering for basically a lot of great uh, power and speed metal over the last few years. Also, very early on, a big contributor to uh, Gamma Ray and um, Halloween. Oh, nice. Because he had a part in writing a lot of their earliest tracks. Um, so he's now become Uncle Piet to me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but this is the band's ninth studio album. Uh, if you're not familiar with them, um, they do a lot of sci-fi, um, for la- I don't want to say rock operas, but basically every album they have continues the same story of a craft called um, Iron Savior. So it all kind of ties in together in some, some sort of loosely based story. Um, musically, they have not changed, period. They are the ACDC of speed metal. <laughs> so, uh, they have they have not changed at all. The only thing that I have found that has changed um, in this record is Piet is actually sounds like he's singing a little bit higher now. Really? Because like you know, for when the first um, Iron Savior album came out, and right up until the last one, I actually heard in full, which may have been Condition Red. Um, he has a deeper, grittier voice that a lot of um, German metal singers seem to have. Like you know, like. The deeper ends of like Hansi's voice, um, Klaus. But, but even he sounds a little bit higher. But like this sounds like he's kind of tuned it up a bit, which is which is weird considering that when people age, they kind of tune it lower. Yeah, they start getting lower. Like we talked about that with uh, Joey Belladonna mm-hmm. and uh, Dave Mustaine has done the same thing. So is James Hetfield. Yeah, but it, and, and but in this regard, it doesn't sound bad at all. It still sounds really good. He's still got the grit. It's just it just sounds like he's singing a little bit higher. Um, but again, musically, it hasn't changed. There's so much anthemic stuff uh, in this band in general. Like, you know what you're going to expect. You're going to hear some great fist-pumping stuff. Um, great riffs. Not, they're not always necessarily the fastest band out there either. Um, so they always had a lot of cool, like, mid-tempo stuff. And they just, they just throw the riffs at you. And they, and they, and they rock it. Um, so, solid album, for sure. It's probably going to be my number one for the month, unless... Something else in the next week or two knocks so, it out. So does that go with along the lines of your checklist from uh, the top? Yes, three it of- does. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> That's what I was saying. Like, like when, I, I didn't, I didn't realize when I first started um, putting that joke into place that this album was coming out. So oh. I was like, fuck! <laughs> oh, that's classy. So I was like, damn, damn, damn. Uh, I think I'm just going to save my list for towards the end because I, I don't really have anything written down for the the, the album so I'm just going to go like do a list of the albums of what I listen to and say that they're, they're good so okay. why don't we just go into the next one um, so into the one I have here yeah okay um, so let's talk about Cataplexus the Suffer EP Did you listen to it? I did, and it was awesome. Okay. I actually, what I really enjoyed about it was the fact that they have a four-minute-long song on there. That's actually not their own song. That's a cover, oh, that's a cover song. Of really? Two, that's two songs put together. Oh, I'll, I'll explain in a second. Yeah, uh, please explain because I thought that was like that's an incredibly long song yeah. for a grindcore band. Okay, so Cataplexus is technical death metal slash grindcore from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and honestly, I can't think about those three names of places in a row without thinking of Bret Hart. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, so we were contacted by the guitarist of the band, uh, Jordan Schritt. 
who made us aware that the EP had been released. Um, it was released on their Bandcamp page on Monday, May 16th. So when I saw this, I was like, oh shit, it's a new release. Let's talk about it there. We don't have to do a social media highlight for it. Um, so it came out digitally for Name Your Price. But if you want to spend the five bucks, you can get it on that format of formats, cassette. <laughs> <laughs> See, we got Pete over here. Well, you know, he would be over here in this empty space that's next to me. He's over there now. <laughs> with his with his vinyl. We got you with the cassette. I need a I need a format now. Do I need to go like get like eight trackers or something like that that, that I have to no, jockey? Eight track fucking terrible. Alright, well I'll stick with my goddamn CDs, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, How about seriously. that? Yeah. But that's just fucking I, funny. I'm, I'm loving this cassette stuff lately. It's great. It, uh, it's a lot of people doing it too. But um Alright, so since having seen Napalm Death back in July, like, I've been Approaching grindcore um, a little bit more, you know, just like, if you say like, "Hey, here's grindcore," you know, I'll I'll take a, a more attentive listen to it, and it actually gets me kind of worried because if someone hands me like a, a like a Katy Perry seed, like, "Hey, it's grindcore," I'm like, "All right, I love this." <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna be like that idiot one day, um, but. I've gravitated more toward them just because of the sheer energy, um, just the kind of the, the punk feel, and the the shortness of the songs. As soon as you start to get comfortable, bam, it's over. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as we said, this is an EP. An EP in grindcore does not mean very long. So you have two of their own tracks. One of them is two and a half minutes. The other one is 50 seconds. Yeah, the 50-second one is a brutal motherfucker because yeah, they cram in a hell of a lot of technicality and just sheer in-your-faceness in 50 fucking seconds. Yep. And that's and that's again that's what I I've grown to like more about about this kind of uh, kind of music. Um, the third track is actually two Napalm Death songs. Oh, that, in one track. Okay, that explains everything. Which then. was awesome as well. Yeah. So that's the one. That's the that's the track I really liked um, when I listened to it. So that's yeah. Yeah. So it was it was a cover. So that's what I get <laughs> for not reading the things I click on. <laughs> <laughs> that does happen. Um, so the EP itself. Six and a half minutes, maybe short in your face. It's done. It's good. So I was interested in kind of hearing a little bit more about these guys and everything, or hearing whatever they plan to do. Because also in the message that we got, they were saying that this is like a reunion for their um, one of their past lineups, like their original lineup. Um, and, and I go back to um, to the Facebook message today to go get some more information and make sure I have all the stuff right. And I uh, I scroll up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I scroll further up, and I realize that these guys had actually messaged us back in December of 2013 for the previous album. And I was like, "Well, shit! How come I'm not on top of these things?" Because I also didn't have as much attention being paid to the messages at the time. Yeah, but coming late to the party, I'm gonna have to listen to that one now too. So um, they've caught my attention. What do you? Yeah, got? look at that. <laughs> That's funny. Um. What's your next one? My last one is just is one that I'm I, I haven't fully listened to yet, um, so I, I don't want to give a full on review. I'm just okay. gonna do it real quick. Uh, it's the Winter Horde album, Maestro. Um, as soon as I heard the track, um, I think it was the title track. I was like, "Oh man, I have to steal this before Pete takes it." Oh wow! Because this is this is like some really majestic black metalish shit. Nice. Yes, with a lot of clean vocals, which was like, Ooh, whoa, <laughs> you know, whoa, so, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, so as soon as I heard all this stuff, I was like, I'm taking this right now. 
It was like uh, it was like that scene from The Simpsons where Homer tries to get the trampoline. Trampoline! 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 <laughs> That's what it, it was like. Um, We're the horde. <laughs> so, so, but there is some some growling vocals and everything. But um, what I've heard of it so far, I like. There's a lot of just. It's not just straight up black metal. There's a lot of like uh, orchestral parts to it that are a little bit different than just feeling like a backing symphony it feels like they're more of like an actual instrument like they're they're noodling with the guitars nice so i Love had to get a full stuff. listen to this and get it get a feel for it but this one i was like um like this might be top three so nobody touch it Ooh, wow like, i'll knock you out nice so good one uh, i listened to three other albums this week um didn't really get a chance to, to write anything down about them uh so I'm just going to go list them off and just kind of give you a background on what they are. Very brief. Very, very brief. Uh, first one up was Suburban Scum. The album is called Ultimate Annihilation, and they're a hardcore slash thrash band. Um, if I'm mentioning them here today, that means that they were good. I'm not going to bother wasting my time with anything else right now. So that was really good. The next one I listened to was Eternal Sleep, uh, The Emptiness Of, and dot, dot, dot. Ellipses. <laughs> Um, and it, they're a Pittsburgh PA hardcore band, and another one that was actually really, really good. Mm-hmm. And the last one is Apology by Weekend Nachos, and apparently this is their farewell CD. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, another really good record. So, what kind of music? I was, I think, more along the lines of hardcore again. There's, There's a lot of hardcore this week. Yeah. A lot of hardcore this week, which is kind of like a contrast to the the catatonia kind of I listen to for the most of the of the week here getting all goth and then you had to sit there and toughen up and get ready to deadlift that shit yeah yeah <laughs> um i would like to give uh weekend nachos the award for best band name of the week yeah <laughs> most certainly because <laughs> that just sounds awesome there's so many implications i can't figure it out um so that's it for new releases um unfortunately we were not as in-depth as usual um i would like to say though i look into uh new releases for june we're gonna have a simple month because like it looks like not as much is coming out next month. Well, next week we have a couple of big ones no. coming out. Yeah, like May May is good. June third is pretty big, and then the rest of June is kind of yeah. Yeah, next week we got Lacuna Coil, Architects, The Order of Israel. Israel. Yeah. yeah, and I, there's a couple other things on uh, skateboard that um I don't know if they're coming out this week or next week, so we'll see. Yeah. So, so that, that's that's gonna be we're gonna have a little bit of a, a, of off time in June. It's gonna be nice. Although I already picked my number one for June, so fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what else have we been listening to this week since you know we've only gotten so many <clears throat> new releases? Ah, uh, Faith No More, Soul Invictus, because mm. it's been just about, I think it's been exactly a year since it came out now. Uh, yeah, sounds about right. Uh, Rob Zombie, Educated Horses. Okay. I really like that one. Did you hear the, the new one yet? No, not yet. Okay. But this is why I, I, was, I went back and listened to, I didn't want to listen to Hellbilly Deluxe. Um... And I, I just on the radio. <laughs> yeah, I just I just wanted to hear something that wasn't so like played and overplayed. And I love Foxy Foxy. I love that song. Mm-hmm. So um, then I got to a little bit of a, a female vocalist thing, but not the tradition, not the ones that we usually listen to, like the symphonic ones. I went for more of the hardcore bands or uh, just kind of like harsher vocals. So I would listen to I Wrestle a Bear once. Their album Late for Nothing. Their last Arch Enemy album with. Um, with Angela, Rise of the Tyrant, went back and listened to the first In This Moment record, Beautiful Tragedy, the last Agonist record with Alyssa, which was The uh, Prisoners. You just had like a Walls of Jericho kickoff. Yeah, I think it's because we we watched, you released the top three. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just, that was it. 
but then after the top three, I just went to YouTube and I typed in Sabaton and I got an awesome fucking Sabaton mix. So I was listening to that. And then today in the gym, Testament, Dark Roots of Earth. Right on. Um, so I actually wrote down what I listened to this week. I noticed that. Uh, this yeah. You were a little bit more uh, yeah. into the script well, this week. Because this time, like, you know, every single week I'm like, yeah, I listen to some random stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But like, this time I actually sat down and, and tried to remember the things I listened to on the way to work. Uh, so starting off with the Misfits, American Psycho. Um, so because of the whole thing with Danzig reuniting with the Misfits, I decided to listen to one of the two albums they released without Danzig. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm like that. I actually really love um, this album in particular. Um... I am not one of those kind of people who thinks that the Misfits are nothing without Danzig. I thought that um, Mikhail Graves was great in the band, and I think that Jerry only does a respectable job fronting the band now. So um, that's a good album. Uh, listen to Scorpions, Humanity Hour, Volume 1, which uh, was probably the most familiar I've been with anything Latter-day Scorpions. Um, I love the album. It's really good. It's kind of like... Kind of tries to modernize, gets a little bit with the heavier sound, but they have a lot of ballad stuff, so it's kind of like it's all in one way or all in the other way. It's a little, a little strange, but good, but good album for them. Um, I listened to all of my top three stuff because I was preparing for the top three for March, which finally came out. So that means Beseech, My Darkness, Darkness, Paragon, Hell Beyond Hell, and Metal Church 11. Um, all of which are amazing albums because why would I ever pick them for my top three? Unless everything else that came out that month was terrible. No. Uh, last full actual album I listened to was Symphony X Paradise Lost, which I think was Ooh. their best. Um, I think every time I listen to it more and more, I think it's their best. Really? I really wish that they would focus a lot more on their older stuff in their live setting and whatnot, but I think as far as my love for each song, start to finish, Paradise Lost is my favorite. I have to say, Iconoclast is mine. It is a good album, but I love a con class. I was I was obsessed with that one when it first came out, or when you first got it for me. Yeah, um, but other than that, you know, when I feel like listening to something and dicking around, I always go to Starbomb, Ninja Sex Party, and, <laughs> and, and Brendel Floss. So, and Ninja Sex Party, I finally got my Under the Covers uh, CD. Oh, you finally showed up! Nice, yeah, yeah. good deal. To, I have to hang out the poster, which is awesome because it's like. Uh, it's um, the two guys in the band, Danny Sexbang and Ninja Brian, and they're sitting there with uh, like on this big uh, love seat kind of thing with two stuffed tigers on either side. So it's supposed to look exotic. Nice. <laughs> That's uh, fantastic. But yeah, yeah, which I also included them in my top three as a, for fun. Um, but yeah, that's it for what we've been listening to this week. Let's go on to general news. All right, the first bit of general news here is that Paul Diano has reportedly been hospitalized for an undisclosed medical issue, forcing him to cancel his previously announced June 2016 tour of Brazil. According to the tour's promoter, Blog and Roll Productions, uh, Diano is undergoing a series of tests to help ensure an accurate diagnosis and identify an appropriate course of treatment. Prior to this, he's been performing in a wheelchair. Well, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they, they clarified it more. He has a lot of problems with his knees after yes. multiple surgeries. Yes. And pretty much, like, it's, like, the, the ligament is gone. It's bone on bone, and it hurts. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, remember, remember, like, Dark Knight Rises, Batman? Like, like that's what happened to Paul Deanna. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bane broke his back, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's in a wheelchair. Yeah, you know. No, but, like, that shit sucks. So, um, 
Take it easy. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Get healthy and get back on the road. He's also, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's, he's, I know he's, like, like physically a bigger guy. I'm not sure how tall he is, but, like, you know, putting that onto um, I was going to say, he's, he is, he is an overweight gentleman. He's yeah, a little so heavy. That's, that's a little bit, like, really rough, especially if you've been, like, working. Like, you've known it, it's been a problem for years, and you've worked it into the ground. Like, that's bad. Yeah, he's. I think it's, he's also a bike, a motorcycle rider, yeah. and I think the, this knee pro, these knee problems stem from accidents he's had. Yeah, so. yeah, so. All right, and other Aussie news, he and son Jack are starring in a new sh- uh, show produced by the History Channel called Aussie and Jack's World Detour. All right, here is a copy and paste, and I even wrote that in here, copy and paste. Quote, in this new 10-episode hour-long non-scripted series, the self-proclaimed history nerds hit the road in a father-son journey they've waited years to take. There will be no roadies, no tour buses, and no boundaries. Just a bucket list of iconic and historically significant spots that includes Mount Rushmore, Stonehenge, the Alamo, <laughs> Roswell, the Jamestown Settlement, and Sun Studios, and hit and a hit list of some fascinating sites and people that they've read about. From a World War era a Cold War era missile silo to Bletchley Park Park, uh, and then from Gold Miner, Rattlesnake Randy's uh Stream of Dreams, yeah, Stream of Dreams, to vintage tank collector Alan Kors private museum of working war machines. That's Don Cheadle. Um, Ozzy and Jack get their eyes and hands on history. I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> what well, that amazes me, like if 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 they're if they're um, plugging the show as as Jack and Ozzy being history buffs. I really wish that if Ozzy were a history buff, he had put that more into his lyrics. Yeah, well, yeah, I would have, I would have liked that. Yeah. Um, well, the thing is, even even Ozzy has described himself as a, he's a World War II buff. Anything before or after, he knows nothing about. Because <laughs> that's that's when he was a kid, like just post World War II is when yeah. he would, when he was growing up. So he says he knows more about that than anything else. Like he doesn't really know what's going on right now. So he's got like dartboards of all the major players from the World War II, and says, I hate you all. <laughs> what do you think they're going to do with the Kaiser? <laughs> Make a roll. <laughs> all right, Slayer will stage a quote takeover of San Diego Comic Con um, this year. The quote unquote occupation will begin on Thursday, July twenty first, with a special live performance at the House of Blues. The band will also have two very exclusive signings inside of San Diego Comic-Con with a brand new publishing partner, Dark Horse Comics. Ooh. Yeah, quality stuff right there. Uh, these signings will take place July, uh, Friday, July 21st at booth number 2615 and at the Nuclear Blast Records booth at booth number 501. Slayer has also recently partnered with BMX brand Subrosa for the four-bike cradle-to-grave collection comprised of the Slayer Balance... Slayer 20, Slayer 26, and the Slayer Urban Terrain Bike. All these bikes are intended for BMX riders to use and abuse, and some of the models will be on display at the Nuclear Blast Comic-Con booth number 501. So Slayer's all up in Comic-Con this year. Yeah, I mean, like, damn, Slayer, you're like the kiss of thrash metal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing is, the funny thing about that is, is that they're not the only ones with a bike now. After they announced that they had a bike, I forget which band it was, but they have a bike too, like like, like not a motorcycle or like this like is that. a you know bike a pedal bike, bike. A bicycle a, a bicycle. So it's it's I mean, just really funny. I think it's Ramstein actually. I think it was Ramstein. That's that's kind of cool. <laughs> but like I I would, 
maybe more for a city setting a bike would be cool. Like you, you see, well, like these bikes are B, these are these are BMX bikes. These are the guys who do the tricks and whatnot oh. at the X Games and and shit like that. These are, you know, that's why they said use and abuse. Not like your commuter bike, you know, running down the street because you got a DUI. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck society. We'll see you at Comic Con. Have our bike. <laughs> it just sounds. It just sounds a little silly. Yeah. All right. Every time I die, guitarist Andy Williams has undergone knee surgery for the injury he sustained in his singles pro wrestling match earlier this year. He'll be back in action, actually, you know, playing with his band later this month when the band is set to tour the UK. <laughs> exactly what point do they cover Moon River? <laughs> <laughs> Andy Williams! <laughs> now we don't have to stop here. Yes, yes we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> Bam! Second encore! <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Children of Bodom's Alexi Lehu uh, has given an update on the band's future plans, which include a potential U.S. tour in the fall with a European tour to follow in early 2017, among other things. Work on a new album should commence a few months after all of that. Cool. I mean, yeah. it feels like, like just yesterday they came out with an album. They did. It was this past. It was this past summer. Yeah, it was like, like October. Last summer. I think October. Was it? Out. Was it really that late in the year? I think so. Yeah. September, October. <laughs> All right. Just a quick blurb here. Rings of Saturn have officially signed with Nuclear Blast. I have no idea who that is. I know the only reason I know of the name Rings of Saturn is because we reported a couple tours of theirs, and they're also one of those bands that have been accused of um, recording their music and then are like recording it at normal speed and then like. Or recording at double speed, so it sounds like they're playing faster, and then they play half speed live, like they're kind of like fake players. That's oh. that's that's the allegations. Oh, I don't even remember any of that. Yeah, well, whatever. All right, a source close to Rage Against the Machine has told Rolling Stone that the ProfitsOfRage dot com website that went up earlier this week does not have to do with an announcement of the band's return. After Rage Against the Machine directed fans to the website earlier in the week, like I just mentioned, along with the hashtag, hashtag, take the power back, a series of posters cropped up all around Los Angeles that read, clear the way for the profits of Rage, the party's over, summer 2016. The rumors were further fueled by a countdown clock on the cryptic site that expires on May 31st, along with an image of a broken slash through a red circle with silhouettes of five people, each extending their arms with clenched fists. Public Enemies Chuck D also fanned the flames of, of rampant Rage Against the Machine reunion speculation by tweeting links to videos of the latter band performing live in London in 2010. However, it appears that the fans are wrong. Quote, this is not a Rage-specific reunion, a source close to the group told Rolling Stone. There's a lot more to it. There are a lot of moving parts, a lot of exciting news to be revealed. The project will include some of the members of Rage, and there will be live performances, whether that's one show or five shows, I don't know. Uh, there are more announcements to come. Later on in the week, Thursday specifically, Billboard.com was reporting that the various Prophets of Rage teasings is, in fact, a new supergroup featuring members of Rage Against the Machine, Public Enemy, and Cypress Hill. Citing unnamed sources, the publication claimed that Rage Against the Machine guitarist Tom Morello, bassist Tim Cumberford, and drummer Brad Wilk will be joined by Chuck D of Public Enemy and Be Real of Cypress Hill in the venture. Allegedly, the group will be performing songs from all three bands' catalogs together. A live debut is apparently set to take place at the Hollywood Palladium in Los Angeles, California on June 3rd, 
with future shows also pending. As per the countdown timer at propertyofrage.com, an official reveal is expected at the end of the month. I'm waiting for when that reveal happens, and like this does sound like a fantastic deal. The, right? Yeah, this most sounds, certainly this does. Sounds fucking cool as hell. But when that happens, and all the information is revealed, just like the first, like it's all that stunned silence, and then someone just goes. So is Rage Against the Machine getting back together? Like, <laughs> no, you asshole! <laughs> so what does this have to do with Rage? <laughs> it's like, shut up! But can you imagine Chuck D or Be Real doing Rage Against the Machine tracks? I can see Be Real a little more. Um, just because, like, Chuck D's got, like, like, a deeper... Yeah. Like, a deeper and, like, I guess, a less... A less attackful delivery. I was gonna say I think Chuck D more is more soulful. Yeah, for yeah. lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah. I, I can I can see B real getting a little bit closer to match it, but even even his delivery is, is not as as forceful as yeah. Sake to the Rojo. But um, like I said, I it sounds cool. Rock superstar with with Rage Against the Machine as the backing band. What the fuck? Bring the noise. If they do, oh if my they, god! If they, do, if they do it the way that like Anthrax did it, just because why the fuck not? Right. That would be cool. So this, like, not even a huge fan of, of rap necessarily yet, but this excites me. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> this, this awesome. Sounds, this sounds cool. Yeah, it so. should be awesome. And if they do an album, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. Even though Aerosmith and Steven Tyler resolved the issues that almost broke them up a few years ago, apparently there is still talk about bringing in a guest vocalist while Tyler is busy with a solo country career. You know, th- yeah, that yeah. shit. <laughs> Guitarist Brad Whitford underrated guitarist of ever tells metal rules quote absolutely we have considered it but whether it will happen i don't know i think it would be great Asked who he thinks would be a good fit for the band he says a lot of people everybody from miles kennedy you know of course alter bridge to axel rose and he la- yeah he laughs uh we had a bunch of people a while ago like sammy hagar and he said it would be a lot of fun i would like sammy hagar to do that that'd be cool but then again friday Another update came out that Joe Perry released the following statement in response to the above reports here. Any rumor out there about us looking for another singer is completely untrue. All five of us were just on the phone together talking about how excited we are to go to South America and Mexico City. Not to play a show or anything, but we're actually just kind of going no, on I, <laughs> Well, you know, score drugs, but... <laughs> I, I just want to say, I want, I want to read how this, this little bit starts off. Even though Aerosmith and Steven Teller resolved the issues that almost broke them up a few years ago, you do realize that after this point happened, Steven Teller did go on a solo country career. <laughs> Obviously, you didn't fix the problem. <laughs> He's you... still going a fucking... Like... What? Yeah. I... <laughs> You made it worse, asshole. <laughs> Way to go, dick. <laughs> it's like it's like having like one of those like spa mud baths and just replacing it with shit. <laughs> oh man, that's rough. <laughs> that's gross as hell. Alright. Moving on to better things. Megadeth have recruited Dirk Ver uh Ver Verburen? Verburen. Verburen, Verburen yeah. Uh, the drummer from Soilwork to play drums for the band while Chris Adler is busy touring with Lamb of God. <laughs> Megadeth is coming to your town stealing all your musicians <laughs> yeah, pretty much Jessica better be careful man yes <laughs> alright speaking of drummers busy man Joey Jordison has launched another brand new extreme metal supergroup called uh, Sinsanium 
Yeah, that just sounds right. Sinsanum. Sinsanum? Yeah. Whatever. Captain Insano. Yeah. Joining him in the new project are Mayhem and Sons Attila, along with former Dath and uh, Chimera vocalist Sean Zatorsky. Um, Dragon Force bassist Friedrich on guitar and Seth's uh, Hemoth on bass. Their debut album, Echoes of the Tortured, will be released on July 29th via Pectatum Records. That is probably the most difficult to read news article you've ever done. <laughs> That's one of them, definitely. I, I skipped over a lot of shit here. <laughs> <laughs> like, there are so many, like, reverse letters on this. I'm like, what the there's hell is going There's a whole bunch of, like, on? there's, like, ampersands and fucking, like, accent things over E's and, jeez, uh, where's our umlaut when I need one? <laughs> <laughs> Their debut album, Fuck Language, will <laughs> be out in 2016. <laughs> Their debut album, I Like to Buy a Vowel. <laughs> <laughs> debut album I did not ask for a cue <laughs> <laughs> alright next up Gojira and Amata Marth have been confirmed to perform at the upcoming Metal Hammer Golden Guards Awards ceremony which will be held at the Eventum, yeah, Eventum Apollo in London England on June 13th Hailstorm will also perform while Saxon will be joined by Mickey D and Phil Campbell for a live tribute to Lemmy Jamie Jossa will host the award ceremony this year I, I I feel like he's like, like he's kind of <laughs> he's the Ryan Seacrest he's the, he's the pretty face you just put up there and say cover go ahead yeah <laughs> <laughs> everybody wants to know what Corey Taylor thinks about things but they want Jamie Joss to host stuff yeah, yeah pretty much yeah. He, he's like the Rock <laughs> but like you know tiny and white. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Eagles of Death Metal, who actually performed here in San Antonio this past Friday, and I wish I got to see them, have been dropped from two French festivals in response to recent statements from their frontman, Jesse Hughes, uh, regarding the terrorist attacks that took place at the band's November 13th show uh, at the Le- Le Bataclan in, uh, in Paris. We've been talking about this one for months now. Um, but previously, Hughes had alleged... Uh, is it Alleged? Alleged. alleged. Had, had alleged. Had alleged. Okay, yeah, all right. It depends on the, uh, the, the context. Yeah, had alleged. And then apologized for insinuating that members of the venue security team were in on the attacks in which armed terrorists stormed the venue during the band's set, killing nearly 100 people in the process. Hughes' controversial take on the events and his opinions on the matter have continued in recent press interviews, including a conversation in which Hughes not only shares some gory details of the harrowing ordeal, but also continues to voice opinions that it was an inside job. You remember the movie uh, Thank You for Smoking? Yes. Do I remember it? I love that fucking movie. Okay. This is all this is making me think of is um, after the news article gets released from the uh, from the girl he has sex with. Yeah. And his boss basically just says, your job is to do this. I can't think of a way you fucked up more. <laughs> <laughs> so you, your, do- your job is to do spin control, and I can't think of a way that you fucked up more. <laughs> and, and like... No, right? Just shut your mouth. Yeah, like, like, like. If you're gonna say something as seemingly preposterous as that, there's gotta be a little bit more ground to it. Yeah, so you can right. Seem a little bit less crazy and a little less sensitive and less unsympathetic. Yeah, he's uh, uh like, like you, you had it going when it first happened, but like you just kind of fucked it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, because especially because if you apologize for your statements and then 
go back and say it again. You can't. Your apology is not going to be accepted the second time. Yeah. You know, like fool me once. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like if somebody like Donald Trump came out and was like. Yeah, I apologize to the Mexicans, but seriously, get the fuck out. <laughs> but like, seriously, it's all your fault. <laughs> like that, that's what it is. It's like, it's like I apologize for saying that, but seriously, I'm right. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. It's exactly what it is. And like, no, I, go about it better. Anyway, that is all for general news. Before we get on to anything else, <laughs> that kind of yeah, this is we don't we need to lessen this diatribe. Yeah, let, let's go on to some recording news and uh, uh, let, let's hit that, uh, that 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 boner alarm. Oh yeah. All right, right off the bat here, Devin Townsend Project will release its new album Transcendence on September second. I will wrestle Pat to the death for this one. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm pretty sure from all the way, you know. Two, three thousand miles away, I can feel Reese dying inside. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that should be part of the video. Me and Pat getting into a wrestling match. Winner takes the top three. We, we can we can stage that when I come home in July. <laughs> have a wrestling match. <laughs> you better be ready, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Then we gotta get a training montage. <laughs> no, you're gonna get me thinking about about stuff we can we can do. No, yeah, no. We, no, we have to finish. We have to finish. Grand Magus yeah, first. Grand Magus comes first. Grand Magus first. Anyway, suicidal tendencies has uploaded video footage of Dave Lombardo apparently laying down drum tracks for the band's forthcoming forthcoming album, which is due in September. He is now a member of the band or a fill-in. We are not sure. There's been no word about what's going on with. The suicidal tendencies drummer, and there has been no word that Mike Portnoy has been contacted for this role. <laughs> I could play that. Russian circles have titled their new album "Guidance" and will release the effort on August fifth through Sergeant House. The seven-song offering was recorded with Converge's Kurt Ballo. I think that's how you pronounce that. At his God City studio in Salem, Massachusetts. That's the greatest studio title I've ever heard. Right, of especially because it's in Salem. And it's and it's like it's God, but it's a city. <laughs> Simple pleasures. Metalocalypse slash Death Clock Mastermind Brandon Small is working on another Galacticon album. Details are slim, but he shared a quote coming soon post about it on Instagram. I have no idea what Galacticon is. It's another one of his projects. I think it's more sci-fi based than it, and um, than of course Metalocalypse and Death Clock. Gotcha. Legendary Swedish guitarist Ingve Malmsteen. Also known as Your New God. Thank you. We release his new studio album, World on Fire, on June first via King Records. He's gonna unleash the fucking fury. He's the singer on this one. He's gonna unleash the fucking fury, <laughs> Devil Time. Oh yeah. DRI, otherwise known as the Dirty Rotten Imbeciles, will release a new EP. But wait, there's more. That's the actual title of it. On June 10th, via Beer City Records. Beer City is probably the greatest record. <laughs> I say this every week about different things, but you know what? The greatest. Well, we got the greatest days. studio. We got the greatest studio. Then we got the greatest uh, records. So, and then we got the greatest band name when Weekend Nachos. Yeah, these are these are these are the awards of the week. Yeah, these are these are winning. Uh, but again, like June, early June is sounding pretty good, but then it kind of tapers off. So we'll see. We'll yeah, see. We shall see. We shall see. 
Well, I think it happens every year like that, doesn't it? And then, like, come, like, August, September, it starts to pick back up again? Yeah, like, like, like early summer is usually a bit... Better. And then late summer, you start getting hit, and then... And holiday time. Yeah. All right, War Beast have chosen Phil Anselmo, you know, that guy from down in... in used to be in Pantera, um, to produce their upcoming new album. Recording sessions will begin in August, and Anselmo's Nosferatu Lair... Um, and Samuel's Housecore Records label will also handle the release. That's, that's really funny that they've, they've chosen Phil and Samuel. Like they just showed up to the studio one day. Phil's sitting there behind the thing. You want to be our producer? Like, yeah, I found you guys. <laughs> Aren't you guys like living in my basement? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, guys, I'll bring you on the uh, Housecore Horror Festival, but I have to produce for you. <laughs> and you just have to claim that I cho- that you chose me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a racist. Oh, oh, Pete's not even here for the next one. I know. Uh, well, but the thing is, he's already called this one. Yeah. He's already called this one, but it is the Pete epic boner alert. Everybody shut up. I have an Insomnium had been preparing a very special release during the last few months. Titled Winter's Gate, it is a concept album made up of one epic 40-minute song. The album is built around a short story entitled Winter's Gate, I'm not even going to pronounce that. Um, written by vocalist and bassist Nilo Sivanin. I think I got that. You got, you got pretty close. Uh, he's actually the recipient of numerous Finnish awards and nominations for his writing. So the story is about a group of Vikings who set out to find a fabled ir- island west of Ireland despite the treacherous winter drawing near. So Game of Thrones fans, winter is coming. The full story will be released together with the album as a book with illustrations and translations in English, Finnish, and German. Winter's Gate is currently being mixed by Dan Swano at oh. Unisound AB Studio in Sweden. What? And will be out worldwide through Century Media Records on September 23rd. What? Upcoming tour dates for autumn and winter will be announced soon. Fucking Dan Swano. I want to point out, though, that island west of... Ireland, they landed in Canada. <laughs> they, they went finding, looking for an island. They found Canada was killed by a moose. The end. Bam. Shortest story ever. But they are Vikings, so therefore you have to make it sound epic. Right. <laughs> like, I want to make, I want to make a nice big epic black metal album about a, a Viking pouring a bowl of cereal. Make it like twenty minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, Legacy Recordings, the catalog division of Sony Music Entertainment, will release Steve Vai's Modern Primitive slash Passion and and Warfare 25th Anniversary Edition, a celebratory two-CD collection of classic tracks and previously unreleased music on Friday, June 24th. This collection will include the first-ever release of Vai's Modern Primitive songs and recordings, Based on song sketches and works in progress, penned and recorded by Vi following the release of Flexible, which was his debut album, in January of 1984, the music on Modern Primitive has been completed by Vi for release as a full album disc, and the second CD is the bonus remastering of the Passion and Warfare 25th Anniversary Edition. You want to know why this bothers me? Why is that? Because the one Steve Vi album I have is Passion and Warfare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Actually, I think I did read that both of these will be available individually, okay. but I think digitally. So you have to, for the CDs, you have to buy the package for you be able to buy digitally individually. Steve, let's, let's have a chat here. Listen, 
I want you to release it on cassette. (laughs) (laughs) Can you do that for me, brother? So those cynical people in Amaranth... Hit it. ...have entered the studio to record the follow-up to 2014's breakthrough album Massive Addictive. An October release via Spine Farm is expected. Oh, Spine Farm. Speaking of October, Testament's new album, Brotherhood of the Snake, should be out around October if the band can keep to their current timetable. Oh, man. See, this is what we are just talking about. End of the year, on October, November, it's going to get fucking crazy. Yeah, especially with fucking Testament. Anyway, the forthcoming vinyl release of the audio from Opeth's 2003 live release, Lamentations, will now arrive in stores a bit later than previously announced. A new July 22nd release date has uh, been set for the effort. Uh, no word on why. It's because somebody bought up all the pre-orders, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> all right. In an interview with Phil LeBlanc, Labonte of Phil LeBlunt, <laughs> Phil Labonte of All That Remains, on the subject of plans to follow up 2015's The Order of Things, Phil said, we're working on our eighth record right now. We haven't started recording yet. We're working on the writing process. We start recording in June, and then June and July we'll be in the studio. He continues saying that the order of things came out just about over a year ago. It was in February of last year, apparently. So we try and get them out every two years or so. So we're looking at probably February or or so for the next one. So be on the lookout for Pat's video review of this record by the end of 2017. I have nothing to contribute. To. <laughs> I don't. I don't know anything by the band, and I just don't care. So. Uh, so that is it for recording news. Let's move on to some touring news. And um, I don't know if it's going to be as epic as last week was because, man, we were on touring news for like an hour. Yeah, but no, no, no. This one's actually relatively short. But it starts off with a fucking amazing tour not coming to San Antonio. Between the Buried and Me and Devin Townsend Project are co-headlining a run called the Transcending the Coma Tour with Fallujah as support. So so when you read that, how long did you weep? I was cursing and yelling for quite some time. Yep. Because I think they are definitely are playing like uh, New York fuckers. New York. New and York. I'm not sure where they're playing. And then I think they are playing in Texas. I'm just not sure where. I actually just stopped when I didn't say San Antonio. Yeah, you, just, you just went to the article. Did uh, Control F to find San Antonio was not in the list? So you're like, yeah. Fuck. Fuckers. Death Angel will take part in a live performance and signing session on Thursday, May 26th at 5 p.m. at the Amoeba Recording Record Store in San Francisco, California. Is that the same place that Metallica did their show? No, they did a different one. I'm pretty sure. Oh, they did like Rasputin's music. Yeah, 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 that's the one. That's the one. The the name of this place sounds familiar for some reason. Well, it's an Amoeba. Just go on to the next fucking (laughs) The Make Rock Again Tour. Make America Rock Again. Whatever. <laughs> Make America Do Something Again, apparently, is a thing now. Or the way I like to say it, There's Still a Thing Tour, has been announced with a lineup that features Trapped, Saliva, Saving Abel, Alien Ant Farm, Crazy Town, 12 Stones, and Tantric. There is a San Antonio date on my wife's birthday, August 9th, at the Rockbox. I would have an interest in this show 
Okay, so I, I, I like Tantric. I want to I want to see them. I would want to see Alien Ant Form. The rest of them I don't care about. Alien Ant Form is really good live. Yeah, yeah like, uh, they seemed awesome. Um, so I would like it if they had maybe a few more that I was interested in, and the tickets weren't thirty to fifty bucks. Yeah, because the Rock Box seems like a pretty good place to see this kind of show. Yeah, it's not the Alamo City Musical. <laughs> but yeah, like. <laughs> Let's just scrape together all those those things that used to be things but aren't quite things anymore. Right. <laughs> like I, I thought, I thought Alien Ant Farm broke up. I've, I, I didn't even know Crazy Town had more than one song. Um. Well, they shouldn't actually. I'm probably sure they had the same exact song over and over, and it was just crap. It was it was just the the, the singer like reblonding his hair and farting on snare drum. So. <laughs> I ain't farting on no snare drum. Fucking Crazy uh. Town. Ugh. Anyway, later this summer, specifically late August into early uh, September, Tribulation will embark on a North American headlining tour. No San Antonio date. Russian Circles have announced a North American headlining run in support of their new record, with support from Cloakroom and Helms Ali on select dates. No San Antonio date. Their follow-up tour will contain Moose and Squirrel. An initial wave of bands have been confirmed for the 2016 Knotfest Mexico concert, which this year is to be held at Ford Pegaso in Toluca, Mexico, on October 15th and 16th. Among the bands confirmed thus far are Slipknot, Slayer, The Offspring, and Deftones. An additional 32 bands for the festival remain pending. Oh, man. We're near Mexico. We should drive down there. Right. We won't make it, though. <laughs> Get killed. <laughs> The lineup has been set for the 2016 Sonic Boom Festival, which will be held at the Southern Wisconsin Regional Airport in Janesville, Wisconsin, on October 1st and 2nd. The festival will feature two main stages with no overlapping sets. Bands currently booked include Avenged Sevenfold, Disturbed, Corn, Breaking Benjamin, Three Doors Down, Chevelle, Pierce the Veil, The Reckless, The Pretty Reckless, Alter Bridge, Ghost, Seven Dust, Hell Yeah, Trivium, Motionless in White. Avatar, Dope, Parkway Drive, Skindred, and there are more pending. <laughs> the way that you started off with the, the band names, I was like, remember the year 2000? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <clears throat> All right. The High Elevation Rock Festival has been announced and will take over the Fiddler's Green Amphitheater on September, uh, Saturday, September 10th. Bands due to perform include Avenged Sevenfold, Boldbeat, Chevelle, Pierce the Veil, Ministry, Killswitch Engage, Animals as Leaders, Seven Dust, Texas Hippie, Hippie Coalition, and more. And that sounds pretty good. Yeah, it does. Alice in Chains. Pictured. <laughs> <laughs> Copy and paste. And Lenny Kravitz are set to join Guns N' Roses on their historic Copy and Paste. Not in this lifetime tour. Alice in Chains joins, joins the tour from opening night. Thursday, June 23rd in Detroit, Michigan at Ford Field, and will perform through the tour's second Chicago date at Soldier Field on Sunday, July 3rd. Lenny Kravitz will then join the tour from Tuesday, July 19th, starting at the first Boston, Massachusetts date at Foxborough Stadium, and perform, and perform through the tour's second date at East Rutherford, New Jersey on Sunday, July 24th. Whatever. Just makes me mad. It's like Alice Chains, do your own fucking tour. They are it's not coming to San Antonio. We reported on that last week. Okay, Diamond Head 
will return to North America this fall for what is apparently their longest tour in its 40-year career. The headline run will kick off on November 2nd in San Francisco and wrap up on November 27th in Milwaukee, which doesn't sound like a long tour at all. But there is a San Antonio date, November 12th, at the Rockbox. Guess who's going to be there? Me. You. Awesome tour not coming to San Antonio, confirmed for now. The initial dates have been confirmed for the 2016 Summer Slaughter Tour uh, with shows in Dallas, Houston, and Austin, though it is stated that further bands and dates are pending. Now, I think we did the list last week, and it was... It was Cannibal Corpse, yeah. and Nile, After the Burial, Suffocation. Yeah, though. it was ridiculous. What? Yeah. All right, last bit here. The lineup has been announced for the, the two Maximus festivals coming this September, which are to be held in Argentina and Brazil. The festival feature the following lineup at both stops. Ramstein, Marilyn Manson, Disturbed, Bullet for My Valentine, Hellstorm, Black Cherry, Blackstone Cherry, Shinedown, Hollywood Undead, and more. I have nothing to say to that one. Yeah. Just, just Ramstein. Ramstein. As long as Ramstein's headlining those shows, or is getting billing above Disturbed. <laughs> Please. Right. Well, this is Argentina and Brazil, so... Yeah. If it was in America, I'm sure Disturbed would get top billing. Yeah. I don't, I yeah. don't know, cause, because, like, whenever Ramstein plays shows around... That is true. People go fucking nuts. That is true, because I think the, the nights that... that What's it called? At the Riot Fest, the, the nights that Misfits are not headlining, I think it's Ramstein. I think. That's, that's, that's that, that show. That's pretty sweet. So that's it for touring news and... I mean, wasn't anything particularly that great for me, except for Diamond Head. I'm sad. <laughs> I'm sad. Let's move on to some uh, heavy metal in the charts. Let's give me some good news here. Oh, well, we might have to wait for that. Oh, fuck you. All right, well, let's just go through the top 200, as we usually start off with. Um, apparently, Radiohead has a new album that's out. What? Number three. What? Yep. Why don't people tell me things? Radiohead has a new album out that's at number three. I just told you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to go buy it. The Very Breast of Prince is at number five. Yeah. I'm going to turn my thing this way. Purple Rain, the soundtrack, is at number eight. Damn. It's still up there, yeah. Okay. Prince's 1999 is at number 18. Oh, my gosh. What the fuck? The Google Dolls have a new album out yeah, called I, Boxes. I, I actually saw that one at the store. Number 27. They're, gonna they're join, still a fucking thing. They're going to join that. that oh, I was going to say they're going to join that tour. Remember the year 2000, but I'm pretty sure they were like gone-ish by 2000. Yeah, I think they might have been. Yeah. Uh, Prince Ultimate is at number 34. Uh, Disturbed Immortalized is at number 38. Go away. Never. I know. It's still way up there, above 50, man. I know. Go away. It's not going anywhere. Prince's The Hits, The B-Sides is at number 50. Oh, my gosh. Prince Self-Titles at 61. Rob Zombie's new record, The Long Title, is at number 62. It was number 7 last week? Number 6. Number 6. Number 6. Okay, still, that's, that's still pretty good. Hey, still top 200. Yep. Tough one. Your your long silence is scaring me. Yeah, there's like 
Queen's Greatest Hits 1, 2, and 3 at number 88. Around the World in a Day by Prince and the Revolutions at number 91. Nice. Still a whole shit ton of prints here. Guns N' Roses Greatest Hits is at number 96. From the, where? Uh, bah, 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 bah. 97. It's only up oh, one okay. spot. I was going to say they jump up recently. No, no, no. The Very Best of the Eagles is at number 99. Journey's Greatest Hits is at number 101. Beatles 1 is at number 107. Metallica, The Black Gown, was at number 108. Santana's New Records at number 111. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very Best of David Bowie is at number 130. Very Best of Fleetwood Mac is at number 131. That Guy Who Can Dance with Thrillers back on the charts at 136 after not being on last week. Another uh, another one by that guy who can dance off the walls at 143. Prince, Sign of the Times at 150 after not being on the charts at all last week. <laughs> 6 a.m., Prayers for the Dan, Volume 1, is at 151, taking a really big uh, dive from number 19. But still, still up there. Yeah. Still up there for that kind of end. Red Hot Chili Peppers Greatest Hits is at 155 on a little bit of a climb from 173. Well, we're going to be hearing a little bit more about them coming soon. Yeah, because of Anthony Kiedis' uh, health issues. Well, no, I was going to say the new album coming out. There's that too. Yeah, you know. <laughs> health issues? Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Tom Betty and the Heartbreakers. Greatest Hits. Up from 189 to 159. There's a whole lot of people out there listening to Free Falling over and over, over and over. Five Finger Death Punch. Oh, sorry. Got down six. <laughs> down a little bit from 152 down to 161. No! Pete, why? <laughs> Metallica's Ride the Lightning is down from 136 to 167. Hey, look at that. The Captain America Civil War soundtrack debuts at number 168. It's not all ACDC, is it? <laughs> well, now that you mention it, ACDC Back in Black is at 171. <laughs> The Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack is back on the charts at 174. That's just random. Right? Credence is still on the charts at 177. Greatest hits, by the way. Mm. Nirvana's Nevermind, back on the charts at 180. At 181, the Batman soundtrack by Prince. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band, Ultimate Hits, is back on the charts at 183. Prince's Dirty Mind, 184. Who's keeping count on how many Prince albums are on the charts right now? I think that's by seven or eight by now. Yeah. Deftones Gore is still up there, 186. Mm-hmm. Five Finger Death Punch. Six. The Wrong Side of Heaven, Volume 1, still on the charts at 188. Actually, exact same spot as it was last week. That's right. Double team, Pete. <laughs> Get him at both ends. But that's... Oh, wait, Prince... Again, number 198, hit and run phase one. So, did I not hear Metallica? You heard Metallica, Rather Lightning, and Black Album, but not Master of Puppets, Kill Em All, or Justice. Wow. Yeah. That's different. They've been replaced by Prince. Yeah, Prince Prince and uh, FFDP. (laughs) We're going to get ridiculous with our acronyms over here. Yeah. It's not cool. All right, but we're going to do the hard rock music charts here just uh, for shits and giggles. The HRMC. Stop. (laughs) 
the PMRC, you just stop. You said that one. Dude. I know, but you just stopped because you got me going. Anyway, number one, Rob Zombie. What? Number two, Disturbed. Eh. Number three, 6 a.m. Yeah. Number four, Deftones, Gore. Uh, number five, Five Freak Death Punch. Yeah. Wait, wait. Hold on. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm neutral to that one, so. <laughs> number seven, I, I skip over number six because I don't know what this is. It's what? RWBY Volume 3. Original soundtrack and score. I don't know what that is. R-W-B-Y. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea what that is. Moving on, though. Uh, Tremonte's new album, Dust, is at number seven. Bad Company, Live 1977, Live 1979, is at number eight. Baby Metal, Metal Resistance, is at number nine. Shine Down is at number ten. Ace Frehley's or- Origins, Volume 1, is at number 11. Megadeth Dystopia is at number twelve. Three Doors Down, Us in the Light, Us in the Night, number thirteen. Asking Alexandria, The Black, number fourteen. And I never, I never heard of this band, but they're called My Epic. It's called uh, Viscera. It's an EP, and they're at number fifteen. And it's a new album. Um, RWBY is a web series. Uh, uh, it's made for Rooster Teeth, which I'm pretty sure deals a lot in video games. Okay. Yeah. Well then, that is hard rock music charts. So that's all well and good. It was kind of up and down there. With I mean, at least Rob Zombie is still number one on that chart. So yeah, yeah, Rob Zombie, and you gotta get that. You gotta hear the new album at least. I'll get it to you at some point. Yeah, so you can hear it and pick it up, and then I still have to pick that up. And I still have to pick up Hate Breed. So yeah. I've been a little bit behind. This yeah, month. you do. Um, so let's move on. Hold on, I gotta pull up these. Little script here. Let's move on to uh, band interview. Um, we didn't get a chance to get this uh, audio file before we um, did our show last week, but Pat and Reese got to go see the Devil You Know with, um, among other bands, I believe, opening up for them, uh, Oni. So Pat and Reese were able to get in and have an interview with one of the members of Oni. We're going to play that right now, so check it out. <laughs> Hey guys, Pat here from WCWP, Pat here from the Shred Shack, and we are interviewing Jake from Odie. Hi, man, and thanks you so much for joining us. No worries. <laughs> I would really appreciate it every time you got a question, you just grab it like you're about Should to I? steal it from me. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I don't know a lot about the band, because you guys uh, haven't been around for that long. So New kids on the block. Exactly. Uh, so far, you know, we got one on there. There you Doing go. pretty good. Awesome. Yeah, Eternal Recurrence. It's uh, the only song that you guys uh, have put out there so yep. far from this, from this newest thing. When is the new album going to come out? You know, it was going to be a summer thing. Now we're talking new management. It's probably going to be September now, nice. which blows. But we'll figure it out, man. The world will hear it. We'll release another single soon, you know. Um... Writing some new stuff as well. Awesome. But the album kicks ass, man. Yeah. So. Because I, I know that like you guys posted on your Facebook that it was playing on Sirius already. It is. And that's just, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's on Sirius, Liquid Metal, a um, bunch of local radio stations. So We've got it. We're going to be playing it on our show. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been really cool. Yeah. Really, really cool. Um, the one thing that I got to say that really caught my attention uh, was I was on your Facebook and I just saw Xylosynth. Yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing, Did apparently. Over there somewhere? No, I can't see him. Oh. But yeah, we have we have an electronic xylophone, Xylosynth. 
That's got to be a first for me. I got it. It's pretty cool, man. You know, he does a lot of the solos, a lot of the atmospheric stuff. I am really looking forward to seeing how that, like, how did that happen? Like, is that just we an idea? Him. He was our bass player's really good friend. And then I I met him when he joined the band. And, you know, it's hard to be different these these days in metal. It's, you know, a that'll, lot going that, on. That'll do it. I mean, and yeah. so we thought that would do it. And it's done it. And it's pretty cool. And he's a great guy, great player, great to have around. Yeah. Awesome. Good dude. All right. So now this is your first... Uh, U.S. tour. And it's ending after the show, man. I know. This is the last one. Yeah. You definitely know I've been, like, rad to us, man. Like, we're total family with them. Like, we'll be on other tours with those guys. Yeah, I've seen the pics, and you guys seem like you get along pretty uh, well. The, the most. There like, you go. Yeah. They're, they're all such good guys. How did it come together that you were able to join the tour? Like, was, were, the, you were know, you asked our, by them? Our or producer, it? Josh, kind of set it up. And because Fran, he got Fran to do a guest solo on a record. So we met him when we were recording that, and instant bros, you know, like, we just clicked really well. And then it was then, he was like, we got to go on tour one day, and we were like, yeah, let's do it. And then it happened now. Absolutely. So, yeah. Now, they're going on another tour immediately after this, yeah, and then... This is, man. They want us to keep going with them, but they're off with hate breeding Devil Driver. There you go. So uh, what is going to be next for you guys? Probably take a bit of time off, chill with my daughter at home, talk of... More tours happening and big shows happening after the summer. Probably going to do a small tour or two in Canada over the summer. Release more songs, uh, some music videos and stuff are in the works too. Also, awesome. a cool. lot going on. All right, so thanks for hanging out. As we appreciate oh, man, it. No um, we usually <laughs> we usually end all the interviews uh, with this. We just uh, ask you these lightning round questions. Answer them as quickly yeah, as yeah, possible. Yeah, go for all it. right. Boxers or briefs. Boxers. Chicken or steak? Steak. Waffles or pancakes? Pancakes. Beer or booze? Booze. Describe Metallica's last 15 years in three words or less. You know, I, I like near Metallica, to yeah. be honest. So I think, you know, they've it's been pretty good. Right. Yeah. There you go. It's been good. I think that counts. Yeah. All right. It's been good. All right. Who would win in an arm wrestling match, Lemmy or God? Lemmy. It's a trick question. Lemmy is God. And finally, the band is stranded on a desert island. Which member is eaten first? Joe, our drummer. Any reason? Just piss him off. Just because screw him, that's yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, check out the new single from Oni. It is out right now. More music coming soon from these guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We're going to move on to a new segment now, which has been appropriately titled Brutal Tube. And Brutal is spelled with two O's. And Tube is spelled with two O's. Um, what we decided to do was, um, you know, as we go through like new releases and whatnot, we do our social media highlight segment. Um, that's all well and good, obviously. But there's a lot of stuff that is available now on YouTube where people will take um, either their own original material or they'll do covers of stuff done um, in a metal way. Um, so I'm going to lead, I'm going to let Pat and Reese um, kind of lead into the, the clip that we're going to play here. So take it away, guys. Hey guys, Pat and Reese here from the Shred Shack New York crew with a new segment that we are calling Brutal Tube. 
As most of you probably know, as a metal fan in the 21st century, there are a lot of instances of nerdy, creative, sometimes ingenious heavy metal contributions that are just lurking on the internet. Covers of pop songs, experiments in sound, and parodies of heavy metal cultures are just a couple of the examples of things you'll see on a daily basis if you spend as much time online as we do. So we have decided that once a week we will be talking about a few of those videos and audio files that pop up in our inboxes and give them to you, the people. The people. We're going to take turns with this, so Pat... Go first. All right, since it's my pick, we are going to take a look at uh, Leo Maracchioli. His YouTube page is called Frog Leap Studios. Leo's been putting out videos for 10 years right now, originally starting off the footage of his own band, Lowdown. And over the years, though, he's put out a few different covers of songs on guitar before going full gung-ho and transforming pop songs into metal masterpieces. Uh, it's got impressive writing for every instrument, amazing sound quality, and some damn fine video production. Uh, his videos aren't just a treat for the ears, but the eyes as well, especially in recent years where uh, I'm guessing since he records all of his stuff from his home, he just kind of lets his daughter run wild around while he's playing. It's pretty adorable. All right, then. His recent covers of 21 Pilots and Adele songs are nothing but pitch perfect, and his metal transformation of David Hasselhoff's True Survivor is really impressive. Wait, wait. David Hasselhoff? Yeah, that David Hasselhoff. He did a song for the Kung Fury soundtrack. I'll be damned. I'm not going to lie. I like the song a lot. But uh, this track is probably the best flat-out example of his work. And if you check out the video for it, the entire thing is him running around on a mall in a demented-looking bunny costume, and he's playing the guitar parts to the camera. Bunny costume? Yep. Bunny costume. Yeah, it's kind of become his unofficial mascot. You know what? I'm just going to stop asking questions. Fair enough. If you like this song, please check out his page, Frog Leap Studios. If you have any suggestions for some internet metal nerdiness you'd like to see us check out, leave us a message on Facebook.com slash The Shred Shack. This is Leo Maracchioli and his cover of the Gorillas' Feel Good, Inc. Enjoy. That's weird. You're weird. Check it, check it, check it. 
Next is another top 10 list from Pat and Reese from the New York side of things. Their choice for this week was top 10 songs that will never get played on the radio. So take it away, guys. Hey, guys. Pat and Reese here from the Shred Shack's New York crew with another top 10 list. And this time it's very special to us because, uh, for those of you who don't know, we do the uh, Shred Shack radio show every Wednesday night. And we are constricted by certain guidelines that the FCC uh, deems indecent or obscene, and we're not allowed to play. Fucking pricks. I know, right? <laughs> and so now that we are on a podcast, we can say things a little bit more freely. Fuckity shit. Motherfucker. Shit balls. Fuckity fuck fuck fuck. Cock. So now that we've completely, you know, <laughs> immaturely gone through that, <laughs> uh, we have a list here of 10 metal songs you will never be able to hear on terrestrial radio. If a song makes this list, it is mainly because the content within the song is not suitable for radio, or it's deemed indecent or obscene by the FCC's guidelines, not just because there's a swear in the title, although that really can't hurt, and also the ranking will be determined by how good the song is, as opposed to just how many times they say something inappropriate. So, just for clarity's sake, here is a small list of songs that will not be on the radio because of their content, but they will not make this list because they suck. Five Finger Death Punch, Million Ways to Hate. Fuck that song. Godsmack, I fucking hate you. Halloween, asshole. Fuck that song. Obviously, anything written by Amur Attila or... Uh, anal Cunt. Anal Cunt. Anything from Anal Cunt. I hate that band so much. <laughs> Everybody keeps telling me that like they're like, you know, satirical geniuses, and I'm like, really? Because to me, they just sound awful. <laughs> Let's get into the list here. And we are going to start, of course, with... Number 10. Number 10, Steel Panther, Death to All But Metal. This song just fits so perfectly, but you're never going to hear almost any single Steel Panther on the radio. Actually, you might be able to hear, uh, just like Tiger Woods, you can hear on the radio. I said almost. The burden of being beautiful. You don't have to give me examples, dude. Party like it's the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Death to All But Metal includes such lines as, I think this song owns with, fuck the goo goo dolls, they can suck my balls. So, you know, there's certain lines in there, and the whole thing just goes into like, ah, these guys suck, these guys suck, fuck these guys. So, yeah, never going to be able to hear Death to All But Metal. Also, it's at the bottom of this list, because I honestly think it's one of the least impressive Steel Panther songs. Yeah, that's definitely not one of my top, you know, favorites yeah. from them. They could do so much better. So let's go on to a better band, shall we? Yep. Number nine. Anthrax. Um. Okay, no way in <laughs> fuck am I pronouncing this. Evil Nukafessin. <laughs> nice fucking life. <laughs> Evil Nukafessin? Yeah, let's just go with that. Okay, then. Yeah. If the tagline of the song is nice fucking life, it's probably not doing it. A couple of Anthrax songs have swearing in the in the verses and the choruses, but this is the only one where it's specifically in the title. So I think it counts especially. And also, it's just it's one of my favorite Anthrax songs, and you never hear it anywhere. So yeah, I can't even pronounce it. NFL. Ifunukafesin. NFL. All right, shut up. All right, moving on. Number. 
just for the title of the band alone, you can kind of <laughs> say it. Zimmer's Hole, Anonymous Esophagus. Yes. Uh, the song is basically about somebody looking for oral pleasures and not being able to find it anywhere and describing the act in graphic detail. And they don't care who it's from, therefore, Anonymous Esophagus. It's almost poetic if it wasn't so disgusting. That's what a glory hole is for. (laughs) Go to any truck stop, you could find one. Yeah, but we didn't pick glory hole, we picked death to all but metal. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) That's a different Steel Panther song. (laughs) That's a good one. Oh, oh, Steel Panther, you're so 12. (laughs) All right, moving on here. Number seven. Number seven. Psycho Stick. Fuck. Fuck, 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 fuck. It's just called Not Safe for Work because all it is is the words fuck and shit repeatedly. And it's awesome. Yeah, and it even features an appearance by Bill Manspeaker from Green Jelly. <laughs> and all he does is just sing Three Little Pigs, yeah. replacing all the words with fuck. So it's... It works so yeah, well. It's hysterical. It goes from classical to modern, and it's the most immature thing you'll ever hear in your life, but it's great. Just fuck. Just fuck. <laughs> all right, moving on. Number... Typo negative. I know you're fucking someone else. I didn't want to tell you, but you know. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish I had like that sound effect like dun dun dun. <laughs> Just ready to go. <laughs> but yeah, uh Typo Negative has a history of writing about sex and about uh you know, sex addiction and horrible relationships and I think nothing is more impressive when you're talking about that than I know you're fucking someone else. So and it's been said on the air, Pat is cheating on me. Yes. You don't know how many radio stations I've been with in the past year. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I'm a radio whore. Number five. Metallica. So fucking what? That says it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the song is a cover from, I believe it's the Anti-Nowhere League does the original version of this song. Um, with lyrics like, uh, I fucked a sheep, I fucked a goat, I ran my cock right down its throat, so what? And I think if you're honestly saying that, you should, you know, care about the fact that you did those things. That, that's just wrong. Have some standards, damn come, it. Come on. Just damn it, James. Find a woman. <laughs> find a woman. <laughs> or if you can't yeah, that's find the a problem. woman, find a dude. Yeah, that's the problem. He hasn't found the right woman, so he just goes right for the goats. Exactly. <laughs> You can't find a woman? Then go find a dude. <laughs> Leave the goats alone. They don't deserve it. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, <laughs> one of my favorite uh, Metallica covers, even if it's the most vile, disgusting thing you could possibly have them sing. Yeah. <laughs> and I've heard live versions of the song, and it's really just as crazy. So. Oh, wow. All right. Let's move on. Number. Speaking of psycho stick, uh, carnivore with carnivore. This one was actually suggested by uh, Pete from the Shred Shack. Oh wow! Um, Hi, and I looked up the lyrics to this, and yeah, it's pretty nasty. Um, well, I'm not a big carnivore fan, but the entire song is basically when you think about carnivore, you think about like a, like a, someone who eats fl- someone who eats flesh, right? Yes, the flesh of you know the same species, and that's the and that's the thing. Only Pete would be able to find that. Pete is the residential <laughs> doom death metal guy in the group. Well, he knows what he's talking about, because yeah. this song is disturbing to, you know, to start with, and almost, like, icky to think about. <laughs> but, you know, I guess that's what we're going for here. But, but you're yeah. going for ickiness on that one. I'm going for ickiness on this one. Uh, you know what? I think we need to move on to something that's a little bit more well-recognized. Yes. Number three. Whoa! 
One, two, three, four! Almost ever Pantera! Fucking hostile! I apologize for that. I like this song a lot. Uh, Pantera is fucking hostile. I mean, like, obviously, it's become like a metal staple. It's uh, it's been covered by a bunch of different bands. Machine Head does an amazing yep. version of it, and it, the song itself is one of those things where if you're a teenager and you just think, "Oh, there's a song that says fuck in it," and then you realize that it's actually a good song on yes. top of it. I mean, yeah. and for those who know me, I'm big into southern rock, yeah. southern metal. So this is definitely, you know, one of my songs when I first heard it. Going, all right, this is awesome. Yeah. So going from Johnny Cash to Pantera, all of a sudden, it's like, yeah. yeah. I think everybody like is introduced to Pantera on a more mainstream one, like either Walk or Cowboys from Hell or I'm Broken or something like that. But uh, no, mine was fucking hostile. Yeah, I have an older brother. That would explain. <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple of other Pantera songs that easily could have made this list. Um, if we were going just on uh, going, how many FCC violations they would break, um, <laughs> we would have put uh, "Good Friends in a Bottle of Pills," but we didn't put it on here because, uh, it, to be perfectly honest, that song sucks. I'm not a fan, of, good big fan of that one. So let's move on. We're in the final two here. Number. Cannibal Corpse. You want to do the honors? Entrails ripped from a virgin's cunt. There you go. Special nod to stripped, raped, and strangled, fucking with a knife, and meat hook sodomy, which would be playable with a few edits. It's actually fucked with a knife. Thank you. Fucked with a knife. Fucked with a knife. You know what? You go get fucked with a knife. That hurts. (laughs) That really hurts. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) This is because I cheated on you, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, if you go through Cannibal Corpse's discography and you just, like, read out some of the names of the songs, you can tell which ones are going to be the worst ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? This one really takes the cake. Uh, I think it definitely does. Yeah. But there is one song that we think is better that belongs at the very top. And I actually agree with this one. Number Strapping Young Lad. You suck. Hell yeah, you fucking suck. (laughs) I don't give a fuck, you fucking fuck. Yeah. Strapping Young Lad, uh, Devin Townsend, whatever you want to say, I love this song. It's so aggressive and angry and so full of hate. And and it's the only time I've really liked Devin Townsend. Yeah, you like you, you like Strapping Young Lad, I know that. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. I like Strapping Young Lad. There you go. And uh, there's a lot of Strapping Young Lad songs we probably could have put on here, but, but I the, think... No, but you suck, definitely. It just it fits the bill. <laughs> you just look at the lyrics and go... Nope. Yep. <laughs> no way you could possibly play it on the radio. And it is a shame because it is a it, great metal song. It would just be song. a long beep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a boot. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> so, yeah, Strapping Young Lad, You Suck is our number one here. And obviously there are some that we left out. It was recommended uh, by, I believe, Dan or Chris. Uh, Faith No More's Motherfucker was on this. So you know what I think we're going to have to do in a couple of weeks, maybe a couple months, we'll do another one of these. Do a part two. We'll do a part two. can't play on yeah. the air. Another part two of the ten best metal songs you won't be able to hear on the radio. And no, once again, Immure will not be on that list. Nope. Fuck Immure. Right, let's go back to not swearing while we do our radio show. Oh. Back to you, Texas guys. Now, let's move on to our social media highlight. Chris, take it away. 
All right, so I got a little bit of an update here. Uh, Jay Bones from Forever Town. Uh, you might have met, you might remember them that we mentioned them last week. We saw them open up with uh, Jessica and Worst Case Scenario at Fitzgerald's. And Seance. And Seance at Fitzgerald's. Um, Jay Bones from them uh, reached out to us to give us a little info about their next gig, which we mentioned, but we couldn't remember the name. It's called Hard Rock Rising 2016, and it's held at the Hard Rock Cafe here in San Antonio. And it is a competition between three bands after being whittled down from over 7,000 entrants for a chance to win $50,000 and a performance in Ibiza, Spain. The show is being held Wednesday, June 1st from 7 to 9 p.m. The bands featured are Forever Town, our previous social media highlight, Broken Soul, and this week's social media highlight, Solitary Runaway. Before you get in on them, um, was this sh- was this show free? Yes, it's a free yeah, show. That's, that's what I thought. Yes, it is a free show. I might go check that out. Yeah, I'm. Unfortunately for me, I won't be able to check that one out. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I did reach out. I did respond to Jay Bones and tell him that I I couldn't make that show, but I will be attending the show that Friday mm-hmm. on June third because they are playing Fitzgerald's again okay. with um, Wall of Souls. I think is one of the bands that we miss with um, Archer Nation. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I think I'm going to be catching that, and I'm trying um, chat with the band and see if we can set them up for an interview as well. Cool. Uh, so go on, Solitary Runaway. <clears throat> Solitary Runaway. is a three-piece traditional American punk-slash-rock-and-roll band from right here in San Antonio. Uh, According to their Facebook page, their influences include Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, the Gaslight Anthem, ZZ Top, Johnny Cash, and Motorhead. I hear all of the above presented in more of a Volbeat style, minus those crazy Michael Polson vocals. Mm. Uh, More punk than metal influence, but still high energy and a lot of fun. Um, this is a really good old-fashioned punk rock and a little bit of a change-up from what we have experienced in the scene down here so far, considering that we've seen a lot of metal bands, thrash bands, and stuff of that nature. Um, it'd be really interesting to see this band live and see who else would be on a bill with them and, and kind of see what the traditional rock and roll punk scene is here. I was going to say, we're gonna go see, I'm going to go see a show with them and Broken Soul. and <laughs> No, I mean like a regular, like uh, one, their, like one of their shows. Because yeah, I think like, when I looked up with some of their shows coming up, it's mostly punk rock shows mm-hmm. so I mean that would probably just be really cool to check out You can check out uh, Solitary Runaway on Facebook.com slash Solitary Runaway. Uh, Twitter and Instagram are both at Solitary Runaway. And then ReverbNation.com slash Solitary Runaway. Check out their their tracks Bullets and Keep Holding On. And of course, good luck to all the local bands in this competition. Right on. Like I said, I'll be there to check it out, hopefully. Should be 
not this coming Wednesday, the one after, I believe. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Two hours free show. Yeah, I'll be there. Day before the last day of school for the kids. Damn kids in your school and <laughs> your and your education. Um, so that's it for the social media highlight segment for the week. Um, our discussion for the week is going to be something that we've been trying to plan for a little while. Um, but just the fact that it's that Loudwire came up with another article of some sort um, that we want to comment on, we're kind of pushing. We're kind of pushing this discussion up a bit because we weren't we weren't fully prepared for it, but. It required us doing a lot of listening. Yeah. And at least this one, we have a... What it is, is we're going to go through all 16 Iron Maiden albums ranked by Loudwire from worst to best. Yeah. Uh, We were going to do um, one of our best best favorite, worst, least things for this. Uh, We kept putting it off for a while because we had a lot of things to to cover and do, and we wanted to put a lot of effort into it. Um, But I think this one's going to force our hand and also, like... We wanted to have Pete here for it, but he is not here this week, may not be here next week. So let's just do this, and we can have Pete put in his two cents later on. Yeah. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to do this in chunks. That way we don't have to do like the like the way I usually do things. is like, number 16, this. Well, I have nothing to say until I hear the next one. All right, so let's just go through <clears throat> 16 to 10. Yes. Okay. So 16, virtual 11. 15, no prayer for the dying. 14, The X Factor. 13, Fear of the Dark. 12, A Matter of Life and Death. And number 11, Dance of Death. Ow! (laughs) (laughs) Ow! You know, give give me the next five. Give me the next five. You want the next five? All right. Next five. Number 10, The Final Frontier. Number 9, Somewhere in Time. Number 8, Brave New World. Number seven, The Book of Souls. And number six, Iron Maiden. This list hurts. Because <laughs> like, the thing is, like, you have to... Uh, <laughs> I, can't wow. even, I can't even articulate right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's just no emoticon. <laughs> okay, just do the, do the next. You're supposed to do it in segments, but I can't. I can't. All right, you, so you want to know the top five now? Yeah, give me the top five. All right, top five. <laughs> Number five, Killers. Number four, Peace of Mind. Number three, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Two, Power Slave. And number one, no. Number of the Beast. Yeah. So I you mean, just want to work from one down? Well, because, okay. <laughs> because with a, list, with a list like this, you know what's going to top the list. And well, the thing is, I didn't expect. I, I kind of expected Number of the Beast to be the top, but I mean, it could have been from. It could have been Power Slave. I'm saying like like, like the tops. Going into this, I forgot the fact that you have to remember that certain things are going to be considered the worst, even if you like them. And like, I, okay, I'm not surprised that Virtual Eleven and X Factor are as low as they are. I thought they were going to be back to back. I thought yeah. they were going to be 16 and 15. The fact that they put No Prayer for the Dying. Down there, I'm like, I love that album. Well, it's... let me go back to it and, and and give you their justification for it. Okay. Because okay. they do they do a little diatribe on each side about why they place it where they did. Okay. Okay. No prayer for the dying. Um, it says that Iron Maiden hit a musical apex on Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, leading the group to turn in a different sound. 
They consequently set out to write simpler and more stripped-down songs with the quick strike hooks present amongst their early material. Uh, by this time, Adrian Smith had left the group and was replaced by Yannick, uh, though Smith received a share of the writing credit, blah, 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 blah. Um, no Prayer for the Dying kicks off with, the t- with Tail Gunner, a poor man's version of Aces High, and the album gets off to a rocky start. Holy Smoke boasts a catchy lead and a playful vocal delivery that winds up saving the song from mediocrity, while most of No Prayer wades, wades waist deep in contrived and unsuccessful self-parody. The Assassin helps give the album a boost midway through. The Dickinson-authored Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter represents Iron Maiden's lone number one UK single, though it was recorded as a solo song by the singer and his backing band and was featured on the Nightmare on Elm Street 5 soundtrack. I actually have a promotional single for that that song. So that's... Um, yeah, let's never leave it in my sight. So anybody who wants a piece of that, you better uh, come get some. <laughs> but... Again, like I can, I can see why it was not considered a good album. It's just I'm surprised that they would put it below a Blaze Bailey album because those are just universally panned right. hard, which irks me that uh, Fear of the Dark is as low as it is. Right, I I wasn't expecting the Fear of the Dark to be at number thirteen either. But, but I also feel that the only song that people actually care about is the, the title track, whereas the rest of the album is quite good. I was gonna say, Quick Could Be Dead, um, Afraid to Shoot Strangers. Yeah, the I solo mean, the solo for uh, Afraid to Shoot Strangers is like just that that lead is amazing. Um, uh, what was that? I think Running Silent, Run Deep is on there. Judas Be My Guide is probably. Mm-hmm. One of the best mid-career Iron Maiden tracks. Just I, I, again, I, it, it's a good album, but again, if you're ranking it, I, I'm not surprised it's low, but not that low. I think it would have been a little bit higher. What's what comes after them? That one. A matter of life and death. I. <laughs> I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I feel like the album is a little forgettable. Um. I love the album. It was great seeing it live and everything. Yeah. But just in the aftermath of it coming out, it just kind of seemed to be swept up. Yeah, it says here that the album drew criticism for meandering in song structures, bookended with soft opening and closing elements being somewhat predictable. Mm. You know what? As You know, because considering that it was, um, yeah. I mean, it, it kind of followed in the footsteps of Dance of Death, mm. and it just felt like well, maybe Dance of Death Part 2. What I, I, I was... I would say that it was um, X Factor done with Bruce Dickinson. That's pretty much it. It's, it's a lot similar. of repetitiveness and yeah, stuff like it's, that. It's yeah. similar in structure and everything. Just it's. I mean, that's, that's how but, I would describe it. I can I can see why people would would put it low. Yeah, and the next so. one up after that at number eleven was um, Dance of Death. And I got. I mean, I have a special place for Dance of Death because that's like the first album that came out after I got really into the band. Yeah, because it was the first album after. Um, yeah. Brave New World. Yeah, it was the first studio album I can get really excited over because um, I got into an uh, Iron Maiden just after Brave New World came out. So I had the album. Then, you know, Rock and Rio happened. Um, you know, all the best ofs came out. So for two years, there was nothing. And then at the end of 2000, 2003, Dance of Death. I love the album. I think it's fantastic. I love it. I actually really like that album, too. Yeah. But again, considering the thing, considering their classic era and stuff like that, I can. At least it's at the, it's at the top of the low end. It seems. I actually I, I was actually surprised that those two albums were actually above the Final Frontier. 
Yeah, I mean, I... Or below the Final Frontier, I'm sorry. Below have, the Final Frontier. I wasn't particularly crazy about the Final Frontier. That's what I'm saying. I think, like, it should have been lower. I think I think Dance of Death and A Matter of Life and Death should have been 10, 11, and then Final Frontier might have been, like, I can, 13. I can, see, I can see it being, like, Matter of Life and Death on the lower end, Final Frontier, and then Dance of Death. That's That's how I can see it. Then you got number nine, Somewhere in Time. Again, higher side of the lower end, although Somewhere in Time contains my favorite Iron Maiden song, which is Wasted Years. So, I love that song, too. It's, it's, and, and when they play it live, it's fucking uh, Heaven Can Wait, <sighs> Sea of Madness, Cause Somewhere in Time. Because it, it, it doesn't have as, as many like immediately memorable tracks, aside from... Like wasted years, yeah. Maybe caught somewhere in time, but then the next one was number eight, Brave New World. Um, again, it's the higher end of the of, of the second half. Um, Brave New World was where I came into things, and I think it's an amazing album. But this is where you start getting into like where the classic albums hit. So you're like, okay, like it's considered just behind the classics. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm okay with that. I was actually surprised to see the Book of Souls uh, up at the top ten here, number seven. Well, it's it's ambitious. It may still be because it's a it's a fresh in the mind album, um, and it does contain a lot of new stuff for them. Mm-hmm. You know, for such a late late album in their career. Yeah, just, just this, this. The fact that their formula is still going fairly strong, and they're still willing to try to branch out a little bit from it—not by much, but yeah, you know, it's, it's enough of a shocker, I guess, you know. Yeah. So. Debut, Iron Maiden. I like the two Paul Diano albums, um, but just I wouldn't personally. I wouldn't put them above some of the albums we've just talked about. Yeah. You know. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Killers was next, the number five. What did they say about Killers? Well, Iron Maiden's debut showed uh, the promise of a band about to overtake heavy metal. Killers made good on that promise. The ideas, the idea, Ides of March built uh, built anticipation for the first true track cueing Wrathchild yep. and singer Paul Diano's from the. I just some of it's just not some of the okay. side I can't yeah, see. Don't, but, don't worry about it. Yeah, but. Yeah, it boasted the decidedly more vicious sound. The albums, um, the, and this album saw guitarist Adrian Smith enter the fold. Though his songwriting prowess would be utilized more on later albums, mm. uh, from the Cold Blood title track to the Quick Strike uh, Twilight Zone, throw in Murders in the Room Org, and Drifter, among others, and you've got another essential Maiden record. I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, a lot of the material on Killers was written around the same time as the first album. Like, I think... I think the success of Killers as a stronger album was a matter of them doing some really good picking of what's going to be on one, mm-hmm. the first album, and then on the second one. Because first first album is a bunch of good, really great rock-slash-metal songs, and if they picked it up with intensity, it's because they picked some songs to hold out on and then put it right together, right there for Killers. So... All right, number four was Peace of Mind, which is if I if I was going to pick my if I was going to do favorite one, it might be this one only because I would I was going to probably pick anything that had the Trooper on it, mm-hmm. and this one is the one with Trooper on it, yeah. and of course 
I love that song. It's one of my favorite ones. And then, of course, this one also has Die With Your Boots On, which is another one of my favorite Maiden Flight tracks. Five of Icarus. Um, Revelations I got to appreciate much later on uh, after seeing them play it live and then hearing covers of it by, like, Therion. Um, so definitely that part of it. Um, I think Where Eagles... Was it Where Eagles Dare starts off? It, uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. I went over Where Eagles Dare. Mm-hmm. Uh Tame of Land is good. Yep. Sun and Steel. Um, and like a lot of people give a lot of shit to Quest for Fire. It's a cheesy little song, but I love it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, like, start to finish again, this album is, is good. And we've talked about this in the past about uh, a lot of bands. Um, in some lists, they'll pick... People who are making lists will pick albums that are kind of between the raw and the refined. And Peace of, Me- Peace of Mind kind of covers that. They're not as fresh out of the gate and as hungry sounding as Number of the Beast and they're not fully refined yet on Power Slave it's got a little bit of, of just this little chaotic magic for lack of a better term here um, so yeah I, I can again a matter of classic albums it's obvious it's going to be towards the top here so yeah and then Seventh Son of a Seventh Son is at number, number, uh, number three you know people consider that to be like such a masterpiece. Like it, I, I, when compared to an album, when compared to the three albums initially with Dickinson, so you're talking about Number of the Beast, you're talking about Peace of Mind, you're talking about Power Slave. I feel like Seventh Son kind of gets forgotten a lot. But well, it's not here. But it's considered a masterpiece by many. I mean, so. I'm just looking at some of the tracks here. Of course, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. You the got Moonchild, the the evil that men do. Clairvoyant. Clairvoyant. Yeah. Can I play with Madness, which is like a crowd favorite? Infinite the, Dreams. The Prophecy was one of the ones that like really kind of wanted me to, like, to start learning more metal guitar when I was younger. Obviously, I didn't do that, but it kind of <laughs> got me into the idea of doing it. And I remember also um, when I wrote a lot more uh, poetry and lyrics, I did a lot of it to the melody of the prophecy. Yeah. Of course, number no- number two, Power Slave. Uh, duh. Yeah. Yeah, the, the top two are just like the... Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much interchangeable. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, so Power Slave and, of course, Number of the Beast. I mean, Number of the Beast was, what, of course, what got me into them. Mm. It was after you got into them and I was making fun of you and I was stealing your albums from behind your back. Yeah, you were, you were kind of a dick about that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but this was the one that, you know, driving up to Coles in, you know, summer of 2000 after graduating high school and just ripping through fucking... Um, Oh my God! Number of the Beast and Twenty Two Acacia Avenue, Children of the yeah. Dam, yeah, Run the, to the Hills, the, Hollow Be Thy Name, Jesus Christ. The um, when I got Brave New World, um, I started. You know, when I when I start getting into a band, I kind of get obsessive with picking up the albums. I did that with Evergrey. Um, yeah. But with Iron Maiden, first thing I got, I bought uh, Brave New World. I got um, Seventh Son of the Seventh Son. And number the beast as Easter gifts, and um, what ended up getting me really obsessed with this thing because I'm I'm a sucker for like novelties. Mm-hmm. Um, they had done the re-releases, and they had a picture of Eddie on the side of them. I got a couple of those. Yeah, yeah. I I was like, oh, I have to have all of them because at the same time that I started getting more into them, they were discontinuing discontinuing that particular run. And I was like, oh shit, they're not going to do it anymore. I'm going to have like part of a picture. Of course, they ended up re-releasing it with the same fucking picture on the side. So I, all of my rushing was for naught. But I was hustling out, buying as much as I could. Um, 
And then they release more albums, and then like those other ones at the end just don't match the picture. Yeah, or or like I started buying singles that came out in the between them, so like I have like oh. half of Eddie's face and then a single. I'm like, damn it, it looks so stupid. Why, why do I do this to myself? Um, but again, their entire catalog has always been fantastic. Um, but it, if we want to talk, sit here and talk about the whole best, favorite, worst, least thing, best album. I mean. I would throw it in the air between Number of the Beast and Power Slave, like like most other people would, mm-hmm. because it is, again, it's it's a matter of them coming out of the gate after Killers, kind of further honing their attack, still kind of raw energy with a new singer, hitting worldwide success. They were just ready ready for it. And Steve Harris has always been the the hungry kind of musician. Uh, I've I've read little bits of the book, um, their autobiography. Or the biography, sorry. Um, and it's, it's funny just to read bits about Steve Harris because, like, in the early days, he was like, you, "Like, you're in this band. Your devotion is to this band. I don't care if your sister's getting married. You're coming to band practice. Fuck everything else." Like, that's how into it he was, and that carried well over into the music, into Number of the Beast. And then you got Power Slave, which is where they kind of refined it. They became a much more technical band, and production-wise, it sounded better. It's, everything about it was just a honed masterpiece. Mm-hmm. So it depends on how you look at what you think is best. I think for me, it was when I, when I picked my favorite as peace of mind, I, I, it's more about the songs themselves. Mm-hmm. Like I said, my favorite, absolute favorite Iron Maiden track is and always will be The Trooper. Mm-hmm. Always. And just that that one album has The Trooper. It also still has other songs that I really like. And when we first saw them live, they did play Die With Your Boots On. Mm-hmm. And seeing that live was awesome and of course um flight of icarus is also just one of those really great thunder uh thunderous fucking chugging tracks when we saw ripper play that with jessica Cole the other like a couple weeks ago that was just incredible and anytime i hear that song it's just like yes so you're saying that this is best and favorite no i wouldn't say best i would say i think probably best would probably be just be number of the beast just for for lack of a better pick and and because that is probably an obvious choice but for me favorite would probably be peace of mind for me, favorite is Brave New World, hands down. It's it's the it's the one that got me into it. It's what started it all. I have it on two different formats right now. If I could find a vinyl copy of it, I'd probably pick it up and and probably scrape the hell out of it, playing it over and over. Um, my cassette copy of it was in my boombox for months, and <laughs> like if I was in that computer room that we had, I had that cassette playing start to finish. All day, every day. My favorite thing about that record, particularly about you, is that when a friend's birthday came up, every single one of your friends got that album for their birthday. Yep. Yes. That and I did the same thing for Dance of Death. Yeah. I bought everybody copies of Brave New World and Dance of Death when those albums were came out. Yep. That was so, hilarious. So you're fucking, you're fucking welcome, folks. <laughs> I think the first one I remember you gave it to is Andrew, and Andrew hasn't turned back since. Yeah. No. I. I, I I was actually really surprised because he bought um, the Theory of Everything, really the Arion album. He bought wow. that. Was, like because we had a conversation about it. He's like, uh, I think my my copy's busted because uh, well, he bought it digitally. I think my copy's busted because the song's just cut off. I was like, no, that's how that's how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I was so into the band at the time that I bought everybody copies of the albums. Like if you don't, you, you never heard about the band Iron Maiden. Well, now you have. Yeah, 
Yeah, so uh, yeah, when 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 they look at their CD collection, they see it there. They can thank me. Yes, right. That's right. Um, when they when they when they follow their CDs autobiographically, and it's yeah. like I have to remember that I got this CD from Dan McDonald for my birthday in 1995. <laughs> 2001 or no, the It's a joke. I know, but 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 get the year right. Excuse me, sir. Oh um, my <laughs> gosh, the scraping of the glasses along the nose. Excuse me, sir, but the album came out in the year 2000. Um, but yeah, the, that album has been pretty much like a changing point for me. Um, overall, it may not be necessarily their, their best, but it means the world to me. Mm -hmm. So that's all that matters really. Yeah, honestly. So let's talk about worst and least favorite. I'm just going to go flat out out there and just X Factor Virtual 11. Um, you would do that. No, the thing is, like, I do remember when I went, uh, and this is a several years ago, uh, back when I was living in Jersey, I did do an Iron Maiden marathon, mm -hmm. front to back, um, to whatever they had released at the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember writing on my Facebook status that the X Factor was an underrated record. Um, but that doesn't mean it's any good. <laughs> It's it's just underrated, yeah. and th it doesn't make it like my least favorite or or not the worst record. It's just it was just underrated. Um, but I think the the problem stems, and I think we've talked about this before, is the the re the repetitiveness of some of the songs. I feel the repetitiveness is a little worse on um, Virtual Eleven. Um, the the tempo, a lot of stuff on X Factor is slow enough that. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like they're just kind of playing the same thing over and over. They're just drawing out the same thing, you know. Yeah. It, it, it's like they're trying to hit that that droning metal. Thing. No. Um, with Virtual Eleven, I feel like they could have cut down the album by maybe twelve to fifteen minutes because of excess stuff. Um, Angel and the Gambler, in particular, you could have cut out. Yeah, a as a matter of fact, I'm going back and I'm looking at what they wrote here, and it says um, the. Same can be said for the Angel and the Gambler, uh, Como Esta Amigos, and the Beat Your. Oh wait, no, okay, no. The, it was the Educated Fool, mm -hmm. Como Estas Amigos, and the Beat Your Head Against the Wall repetition of the Angel and the Gambler. Yeah, the Angel and the Gambler was pretty bad. With um, and its blatant ripoff of the Who's Won't Get Fooled Again. Yeah, I can feel, I can hear that, but when you're. In the same way that, that someone might listen to The Wicker Man and get a little bit bored with the oh, oh part yeah. at the end, like they take that and they extend it out like two, three times that. Yeah. And it's like you guys can cut down a lot of time in this. You you just you're killing. You know. Some of them like again, Future Real is pretty good. As my yeah, that's actually, I'm sorry to cut you off, but they said that uh Future Real and the Klansmen are the only ones that of those of the, it's, that record that's actually stood the test of time. I was actually going to say, like, Future Real, it's it's quick to the point, it does its thing, it's done. Klansman is the one that probably doesn't feel as drawn out. You know? And the funny thing is, is that Klansman done by Dickinson live is one of the best songs ever. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know... Which means that, like, the song itself is fine for yeah. the most part. So, um, I'm sure they also speed it up a little bit live. Well, yeah. Know, things like that. So it probably sounds a little bit less like, like an issue there. Um... But yeah, the repetition is is particularly bad on Virtual Eleven. I feel like they can get away with it a little bit more on, on X Factor. I just think it got a little bit more flack because of the fact that it was a change of singer to somebody who is not Bruce Dickinson, yeah. who does not have the same style as Dickinson in any way, shape, or form. Mm -mm. And musically, they completely changed it up. And 
you know, it's all in all, it was a it was a weird experiment, um, which they ended up trying again, eleven years later with uh, Matter of Life and Death, to, you know, similar issue. Obviously, it was considered better because Dickinson was in the band, but still, overall, it was not considered you know, like they need to kind of stick with the point. Yeah, which is why, again, weird that an album like Book of Souls is considered so highly when like Empire of the Clouds probably could have been cut down on its on its own. Yeah, so. yeah. I think I think that it was probably ranked so high because it was a good album and on such an ambitious scale yeah. so late in their career. Yeah. At numbers oh, at the 16th record, it, you don't expect that kind of, you know, bombast and balls. Well, it was also it was also more varied than the previous ones because it was a lot more just straight up rock tune. Okay, That's also tune. true. Yeah, there was a lot more like energetic tunes to it than than just like the whole like, let's start off with an acoustic bass, let's kind of just trudge through with some some progressive sound and everything. No, like they were they were kind of I don't want to say they were hitting their roots because that's a terrible at this, term. At, at this point, it's a fucking terrible term to say about anybody. But they were they were hitting something that they haven't done in over a decade at least. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So now I'm going to go back and listen to the Book of Souls. Yeah, me too. Um, but that's you said that's worst and least favorite. Yeah. Okay. Those two. Um. I mean, I. I don't want to say the same, but I mean, it kind of has to go with it because I, I like Virtual Eleven. I like it a lot, but it's, like it's it's probably it's probably the band's worst album. Period. I was gonna say, can you think of anything that's worse than that? No, not really. You know, without not like I don't. I'm not as familiar with. Um, I'm not as attached to the self-title and the Killers. Again, I like them from what I've heard of them, but I don't sit there and go through the entire catalog and say, man, what do I really feel like listening to? Yeah. Like, the only reason I listened to the self-titled album recently is because it's, like, I have five albums of theirs, five older albums of theirs on vinyl, and I was like, well, I haven't listened to this in a long time, so let's put it on. You know, I didn't sit there and say, like, I need to hear this track right the fuck now. Um, but they're still better overall than, than they did what they did with the Blaze Bailey era. Mm-hmm. And... I feel like in this conversation here, it's it's worst and least favorite out of just general circumstance, because everything else is that much better that yeah. that by comparison is the worst. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, Rob. I love you, Maiden. <laughs> You're the best. You're the best. With, with your album in 2000 that came out, Brave New World, do not mess up the years, sir. Please, thank you. <laughs> okay, whatever. So yeah, that's our discussion about Iron Maiden. We've been waiting to do that one for a long time because you know me and this this uh, this love affair that I have with Iron Maiden. Just a little all, bit. All of my all of my Iron Maiden stuff, my posters, and all that kind of business. All encompassing. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but if you have anything to say here, if you agree, if you disagree, if you have your own favorite album, if you think that X Factor is the greatest piece of of musical work since. Sliced bread. Atlanta Falcons. And <laughs> 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 let us know in the comments on our Mixcloud page or on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the shred check. And I don't know why I just gave you that because I'm about to close out this show. So, with that, we will make our curtain call because Warrior needs food badly. Warrior needs food badly.
Yes. I'm pretty sure there's pizza downstairs. I'm yeah. pretty sure there is pizza downstairs. So in the meantime, while we go get pizza, you can subscribe to our my mine my YouTube my, channel. My 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 YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Temple for more Shred Shack related content, including interviews, editorials, concert reviews, and the like. I'm liking the fact that I can now say with more confidence, interviews. Um this past week we posted up uh I think the Jessica video came out this week or was that last week? It was this week because it was after the um Oh my gosh, it was after the podcast. Yes, okay. So earlier this week we posted up a um, a concert video and interview with the band Jessica, which we had talked about at length last week on the podcast. Um, it was their uh, five, six song set from Fitzgerald's last weekend and the interview that we conducted in between. Um, so really good, really fun. Um, the <laughs> I, had to do, I had to mess around with a lot of the uh, audio and video for it because... Um, we were, we were interviewing them while the uh, place was closing up, and they still had the bar music on and all that yeah. shit. So I had to mess around. <laughs> I, heard a, with it. I heard a lot of uh, Foo Fighters yeah. and Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. in the background. I, I had to cut out one or two dudes in the background going, "Yeah, just go." So, uh, yeah, there's that. And then late, um, two, three days after that, I posted up our top three albums for the month of March 2016. Finally, finally, it was been a long time coming, but I finally got it done. The April one should be out midweek. Um, which is just going to be, you know, you've already heard it. We did it in our podcast last week. But that's coming out soon, too. Um, but with this whole thing, with all the interviews that we've been doing, it seems like a lot more folks are getting interested in it. So um, that may become a more regular thing. Hopefully, maybe get something once a month out there. Yeah, like I mentioned, I'm going to be talking to the guys from Forever Town on June 3rd at their show, yeah. see if we can set something up with them. He- Jay already said he's really interested in it. So, so uh, I probably will not be able to catch that one, but I may just give you the camera and you take care no, of it. No, I'm going to talk to him about it that day, and we'll set something up for later okay. so that you can be there for okay. it. But yeah, so you can expect all that kind of stuff uh, going forward, which is good for us. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, But otherwise, you can check out my uh, video game Let's Play series Recreational Warfare, which boasts over 200 episodes across 30 games from various eras of gaming. Now we're working on Star Fox Assault. Not the good Star Fox, Star Fox Zero. The older Star Fox, that is not as good. Sadness. Um, and starting very soon, um, since you didn't give me a response, we're going to probably I do... did say it was a good idea. I, 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 I missed it. Okay, so. whatever. But uh, I, we're going to be starting to finally start recording Lego Lord of the Rings. Um, and we're actually going to get um, you and your wife involved. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so let's get some, get some nerd shit going down. Some, some some glasses scraping. Like, oh, excuse me. Um, <laughs> In the books, this um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the the world of Middle Earth is actually a lot bigger than that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tom Bombadil does not live like that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's the ultimate hipster nerd shit from the Lord of the Rings. Well, he's actually in the game somewhere. As an really? Yeah, they just kind of like have him as an unlockable character somewhere. I'm almost certain of it. I haven't That's played it. Awesome. I haven't played it in like four years, but. Yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of like like glasses scraping. Oh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> in the meantime, for more Out of the Minute updates and news from yours truly, you can follow my Twitter account at username Redemptor. I've actually been busy on Twitter in the last week, so hopefully I'll try to keep up with that. All right, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at UpTheIron3314 for my adventures in fitness, nerd stuff, and this particular show right here. Uh, for new fitness and nutrition coaching, you can check me out on Facebook, facebook.com slash iron 3314 For those of you in the San Antonio area looking to get in a little bit of shape, you can just uh, contact me for one-on-one training, or I do have a weekly boot camp 
style circuit training going on at Skates Park in Terrell Heights every Saturday morning at 8.30 to 9.30. You can just reach out to me on the Facebook page, uh, check out the event page, and, you know, RSVP and whatnot. Uh, always, you can always just become my friend on Facebook. Uh, my name is Chris McDonald, and I tend to post just about everything I do on my Facebook page. So, there it is. So, two things real quick. One, I want you all to remind Chris that it's okay. Round is a shape. <laughs> <laughs> and two, uh, with the whole thing of uh, adding people on Facebook, I, w- I was telling Lindsay this before. Um, I, I-, I want to applaud Pete. He's not here right now, unfortunately. But I want to applaud him for being fearless when it comes to Facebook. Because every time that we talk about a band or we like get in with the band, talk to anybody, he immediately friends the individual members on their personal Facebook pages. Yes, he does. Like, bam. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) I mean, like, I'll sit there and, like, I'll go to, like, their page and everything and, like, they'll actually have, like, they'll be responding with their own stuff and it's just, like, one friend, Pete. (laughs) (laughs) One mutual friend, Pete. I'm like, what? (laughs) Well, Pete went and, like, hung out with Jessica at, like, Jess's house when he went to pick up the tickets. Yeah, Yeah, it's just just very funny that, like, every time I I go to, like, check out, like, one of the bands that we're, like, looking into and everything, it's, like, one one mutual friend, Pete. (laughs) I'm like, good job, Pete. You're the man. He's the best. He's he's putting himself out there. I know, exactly. That's why I just found it so funny. Um, Script says Pete's outro. Pete's not here. We just talked about Pete. Pete, you're awesome. Uh, But if you want to check out Pete's uh, concert photography, you can check him out on um, Instagram at Abyssal Sun. And that is also his Twitter handle. So you can check him out there, too, for more um, things more about black metal. That's his his deal. (laughs) Yeah. If you want the black, it's the black times infinity. Um, I think last week he said he wasn't too – he hasn't been too – He hasn't been too active on Twitter as of late. Um, And I I don't know if he posted his Jessica photos to Instagram, but they're on the Facebook page. Yeah, they're on the Facebooks. Yes. If you're hearing this, I will assume you found the means of subscribing to us on iTunes because that is still a thing. And I actually found out how to look at the analytics, and no one's downloading the show. <laughs> 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 but seriously, subscribe because reasons. Otherwise, you can listen to us on our Mixcloud page, mixcloud.com/theshredcheck, which is also where you can listen to recordings of the Shredcheck weekly live radio show. Speaking of that live radio show, tune in to Pat and Reese every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for two hours of heavy metal music and banter. Banter that is not our banter. More banter. More banter. Other banter. Banter times two. Banter to the infinity and beyond. You can find the link to the weekly show as well as any and all Shred Shack related updates on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Shred Shack. Until next time, I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. And there is no Pete. And there is no Spoon. And reminding you that we are the slime. (laughs) 